0: As I sit here a little bit over an hour away from Dak Prescott signing his franchise tag, I was wondering which song should I open up the podcast with? Which song should I introduce myself to the audience with? Which song should I get on the podcast once again to start the performance once again? Because we got a lot of stuff to talk about today And I'm recording this podcast At almost 11 o'clock in the morning So it's not scorching hot outside So that way I don't have to have my fans on My ceiling fan and my handheld fan And the AC on I don't have any Well I have two fans on But they're not blasting You don't hear everything It's not as hell It's only 77 degrees in here I said to myself What song should I have today To introduce myself and the podcast with today Something to open up the podcast with And the song that I decided on What's this song? Tonight. This is my podcast, 24th Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. (laughs) I feel, today I feel so validated. I feel vindicated. I feel satisfied. I feel right today because I am right. Once again, I mean, I just call things and you know, I just, I just say some things sometimes and it just happens to be true because I'm smart. I'm informed. I'm well inversed in this space, in the video gaming and sports industry. That's why I say I'm the best all the time. I say I'm the best because I am. It's a reality. Unfortunately for all of my competition, I've I've been doing this a little bit under a year. In like four or five days, it's going to be a year. But I've been doing this for a little bit under a year. Look around. The competition has gotten worse. I've only gotten better. And one of the slowest months of the year, I'm still on top, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're gonna be talking about Dak Prescott signing his franchise tag, it's like 10, it's almost 11 o'clock, he's supposed to sign it at noon, because he's supposed to sign it at noon, Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens at noon, but I think he's gonna sign it. I mean, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't at this point because there's been so much chatter about him signing it. He, he's going to sign it. He's going to get it done. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about um, some more Jamal Adams stuff because, I mean, it's it's fun to just break down the Jamal Adams situation because a lot of people think a lot of things, usually they're the wrong thing. And um, I just like breaking it down once again over. I just like breaking it down, not over and over again. I just like breaking it down and shutting people's whole takes down. Also, where Des Bryan could potentially go in free agency. Ladies and gentlemen, all of that and much, 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 much more right here on 24's podcast. uh, 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 What's that sound? Just put your ticket, bring to Let me tell you something, that music video, Bruno Mars' "Is 24 karat magic, oh my god, it's a fantastic music video, I mean he's in, he's like, he, he. the first shot, whoever filmed this and who shot this music video was an absolute genius, cause Bruno Mars, like the first shot is like of him in a private jet, coming out of a private jet, and the private jet you can see uh, is like right next to the MGM Grand, and they have like a bunch of Cadillacs, it's a fantastic music video, <clears throat> so uh, let's talk about Dak Prescott signing the franchise tag, well a lot of people for months and months and months on in have been getting the whole Dak Prescott contract thing um, uh, uh, wrong, completely wrong, and it's been it's it's led up to this moment where you see like a bunch of journalists have these very very lazy takes these very lazily articulated points and they're just like well you know Dallas if they you know Dallas doesn't want to sign him and Dallas doesn't yeah 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 Dallas doesn't want to sign him and it's like it 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 irked me so much for so long to hear people be like, Dallas doesn't want to sign him, Dallas wasn't, and it's like a gnat just like constantly buzzing in your ear, and you just, you know, bat it away, and then it flies in again, and then you, you bat it away again, and it's just like, just go away, you're, you're, you're irrelevant, you're not, like, you're not going to do anything besides annoy me, and you don't want, you don't want to give, you don't want a reaction from me, because I'll just get the fly swatter and frickin' kill you, with the, with the fly swatter, I'll smash you into my table. Don't want that to happen. Just go away. Leave me alone. Don't wake the sleeping giant. But in this case, the sleeping giant has awoken. 24 is back. I will be talking about Dax franchise tag today. But more importantly, I want to talk about, I mean, I feel like I'm going through the intro again. Jesus Christ. Let me go back. Let me go back and talk about some of the theories with um, with Dak and him in the franchise tag and all that good stuff. So, some people have been saying, especially Mark Florio, he has been pushing the narrative that Dallas should rescind the franchise tag. He even asked Stephen Jones, hey, are you guys going to like rescind the franchise tag if you don't know what that means? Pretty much it means like, hey... Let's take away the franchise tag so that way we can tag somebody else because we're going to tag, I guess, Byron Jones. Oh, wait, he left in free agency. We're going to ta- franchise tag Robert Quinn. Oh, wait, he left in free, free agency. Oh, wait, we're going to tag Randall Cobb. Oh, wait, he left in free agency. Oh, like, why would, why, why would Dallas... Resend the franchise tag What would they gain? They, oh, they would only gain the franchise tag? Well, who are they going to franchise? Amari Cooper? He's under contract That's the stupidest take I've ever seen Oh, so Dak can then go in free agency And sign with another team? Again Stupidest take I've ever heard In my entire life Why would they resend the franchise tag? Why? Oh, I want to be special I'm Mike Florio I want to be special I'll say... On national television and on the radio I think he has a radio show Dallas should rescind the franchise tag Dallas can still rescind Nobody fucking franchises a player And then rescinds the tag That's the dumbest thing ever It's like I've never heard of that In my entire life Let's rescind the franchise tag So that way we can have Andy Dalton As our quarterback Yeah, that's a smart idea And then you have other people saying, before Dak signed the franchise tag, you know what Dallas should do? Dallas should trade away Dak Prescott for a first-round draft pick. Multiple first-round draft picks, by the way, because that's what Dak Prescott is worth. We should trade away Dak Prescott for a first-rounder. And then we draft Trevor Lawrence, next year, And then we suck this year with Andy Dalton, even though we're loaded up on offense and on defense. Once again, this year, we got a head coach that said he wants to coach Dak Prescott. It's like, first and foremost, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to do that because multiple t- teams are going to be going for Trevor Lawrence. But more specifically, Dallas already has their quarterback, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Is Trevor Lawrence, let me just let me just ask this question. Sorry for the voice crack. Let me ask this question. Is Trevor Lawrence, day one, going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league? Because that's what Dak Prescott is right now. He's top 10. Next year, he's either going to be top 5 or borderline top 5. That's just just the reality of the situation So not even next year, but this year He's going to be top 5 or borderline top 5 At least that's how I feel So unless Trevor Lawrence in his first year Is going to be a top 5 or borderline top 5 player It's not worth trading away Dak Prescott And getting multiple picks And you don't even know how the draft is going to work out Maybe one of the teams that's drafting very, very high Maybe they want Trevor Lawrence, or worse yet, they want too much for Trevor Lawrence. So now you have to sell out to try and get him, and now it's like, oh wait, we got a quarterback, but we don't have any other draft picks to draft a cornerback with. And I always say this, for the most part, most rookies are going to have bad rookie seasons at quarterback. Maybe not anywhere else, but at quarterback especially, they're going to have hard seasons. Very very few guys turn their rookie campaigns, their rookie years into like actually productive seasons, right? Uh, I can only really count on, my, on on one hand players that have actually had successful rookie years. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson and, pa- and 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 Dak Prescott. I was about to say Pat, but technically his rookie year he sat out for the entirety except for I think one game where he played. I think So it's like only four players, really, in the last four years. That have had rookie seasons But for the most part, yeah Most rookies don't have successful rookie seasons Like Dak kind of started it off And then Deshaun started it off I shouldn't say successful Because Dak was 13-3 and three In his rookie season And then Kyler Murray I think was like 5-10 and 10, So it kind of depends on like your, your definition of success Really it's like Dak's second year Should have been his first year And Dak's first year should have been his second year So Everybody lost their mind. They're like, "Oh my God, Dak Prescott had a bad year," and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Dak sucks now." And it's like, what? He had like he had his rookie season, in his sophomore season. It's like, come on, grow up. So a lot of people are saying trade trade him away, rescind the tag. Dallas doesn't want to sign him; otherwise, they would have signed him by now. It's like Dallas operates by different rules, unfortunately. They operate by the Joneses' rules. They don't really care what the, the league as a whole does, which is infuriating for me as a Cowboy fan, but it's the reality. They don't, they don't care what other people do. They do whatever they want to do because they're like, we're the Dallas Cowboys. And we'll do whatever we want. So Jerry is delaying the inevitable. The inevitable is Dak Prescott will get signed. And he has now signed the franchise tag. In about an hour. Maybe not. Now has. Maybe not. For you, it's going to be he has signed it. For me, it's that he has not signed it yet. So a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you know, trade him away. Resend the franchise tag. Dallas doesn't want him. He's not very good. Don't sign him. He's not worth the money. Blah, 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 blah. I've been campaigning for Dak Prescott for over a year now to get his money I said to Jerry, you can add on the contract, the 4-year deal to um to his to his rookie deal last year, extend that out, make the cap a little bit easier to work with. Jerry's like, "No, I don't want to do that. I want to be Jerry Jones, a special person." And I use that in air quotes, a special person that wants to do things his way. And look at where it's gotten him now. Now instead of Shelving out 33, 34 million Now you're going to have to shelve out 35, 36, maybe 37 million To sign Dak Prescott And the numbers, by the way, that have been argued and debated And I have no idea why people misquoting Keep on misquoting Like I just saw Kyle Brandt Because I'm watching Good Morning Football right now Because, um, uh, because like, it, It's the only thing on right now it's, I'm on the NFL Network right now But like Kyle Brandt misquoted the numbers again It's not hard to follow If you have been following this consistently Dak does not want $38 million. He wants $35 million. And the only reason why I said like $35, $36, 37000000 million annually is that's the ballpark. He does not want like 38 They have constantly said he wants $35 million. But if he was negotiating for more, it, like everybody keeps on saying 40000000 million, I'm like, where are you getting those numbers? He's never said that. It's like if if anything if we're going to speculate it's 35 to 38 million, but it's not speculation. It's 35. For 4 years. Dallas doesn't want to give it to him because they know in his 3rd year they're going to have to start renegotiating, right? Why are they going to have to start renegotiating in his 3rd year over his 4th year? Because if you let him get to his 4th year without a deal, then you're going to have another situation like this where you may have to franchise tag him because he may be asking for a lot of money. And Dallas doesn't want to do that, so, but this isn't a fight that Dallas will win, this is a fight that they will, in every situation, will lose, I have no idea why they haven't signed him yet, well actually I do, it's, it's Jerry Jones once again, but it's like, Jerry does the dumbass, the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life, fired Jimmy Johnson, hired Barry Switzer, was like, we'll, we'll win a Super Bowl with him, wasted the 90 dynasty, and um, we only won three Super Bowls instead of winning, like, six or seven. You know, it's no biggie. It's not like you could have had one of the greatest, if not the greatest, sports dynasties of all time in the 90s Cowboys. It's not that, you know, it's not like you could have won six Super Bowls, ousting the Patriots, having this insurmountable lead on the rest of the NFL. Like, no, nah, that's not it at all. It's just, you, you, you thought that you could win a Super Bowl with anybody. Man, I cannot, I cannot wait For, like, Jerry to just lose all of his power and give it to somebody who actually knows how to manage a team. I can't wait, because I'm so sick of him. I'm so sick of the Joneses as a family running the team. Just sell the team to a good owner. Sell it to somebody who won't get in the coach's way, in the GM's way, and who won't have an owner who thinks he knows anything about football when he doesn't. It's like literally for the past 20 years, the only like decade where he's been good has been because of Will McClay and Steven Jones, and they understand the business side of it, but Jerry's like, we'll still have Jason Garrett on the payroll, and look at how far we got with him, two playoff wins, great job Jerry, great job, 10 years, two playoff wins, what a waste of, of just time trying to kick the can down the road until there is no can left, until there was just a shrapnel of metal. And it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't play with this anymore. Maybe we should just get rid of it and just throw it in the garbage. Sorry that I went on such a tan- tangent. Excuse me. But with Dak signing the franchise tag today, what does that mean for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, it means a couple of different things. The first thing, finally, if you're one of the many people that are like, trade Dak Prescott, trade Dak Prescott, now it's possible to trade Dak Prescott. Because um, now he's signed a, the uh, the franchise tag, he is a official member of the Dallas Cowboys once again. So for everybody who kept on saying trade Dak Prescott for two first round draft picks and then get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in the next draft, and then you know uh, have a rookie contract and because rookie contracts win deals or win Super Bowls, forget that Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. By the way, I think. I think um, after the end, or, or not after the end, excuse me, but just short of his rookie contract expiring. Forget that Ben Roethlisberger won one, or, or, um, or what's his name, uh, Peyton Manning won one, or any of these other players that won Super Bowls without rookie contracts. Forget that. Forget Tom Brady being like 40 years old without a rookie contract. Just forget that. Forget all of that stuff. Just focus on, you know what, let's just win a Super Bowl with rookie contracts because Jared Goff, and Patrick Mahomes went to the Super Bowl, in Patrick Mahomes' cases, won the Super Bowl. Forget that Patrick Mahomes is one of the best uh, football players in the league right now, if not the best. Forget that he's one he has had probably the best start to an NFL career ever. Forget that. Forget that Jared Goff was in a, was in a loaded team that 2019 season not 2019 technically, it was 2018 season with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Eric Weddle and Brandon Cooks and um, Robert Woods and Tyler Higbee and a healthy Todd Gurley and a great head coach and Sean McVay who people didn't see his offensive scheme. Forget all of that. Just focus on, oh, Jared Goff was on a rookie contract and they were able to put pieces around him. Forget all of that. Right? So everybody keeps on telling me, you got to trade him away to get a rookie contract, right? Wrong. Don't do that. That is stupid for reasons that we have constantly got. We, we just went over it. It's like you may or may not be able to get Trevor Lawrence, and even if you do, it may cost you a lot. And then worst yet, it's like I don't think Justin Fields is as good. I don't even think he's in. Like if you get Justin Fields, you're getting like like Justin Fields. I don't, I don't know if he's a starter. I don't know if he's a first-round draft pick right now. I get it, he has the arm talent, but I I just don't see what everybody else sees in Justin Fields. He probably needs another year in the league, or, or in college. Like, he's a sophomore right now. Like, Trevor Lawrence probably could have gone to the NFL last year and been fine. Maybe not last year, but he could have committed in the draft this year. But he didn't. Trevor, not Trevor, Justin Fields could not have done the exact same thing. He's not as good as Trevor Lawrence. And I feel like people are kind of lumping them together because they're going to be in the same draft class, and I'm like, it's two different football players, man. So would you would I trade Dak Prescott away? No. But what does this mean? Why is he signing the franchise tag? Why is this important? Well, I have a, I have a couple of different theories. All of them are kind of head scratchers, but for the most part, they make more sense than him wanting to be traded because that's the only reason why he would sign it before July 15th. Um, first and foremost, I think team facilities will be open soon. I think that he may want to, I think he's going to start participating once again in, um, in off season activities. He may start talking to Mike McCarthy ad nauseum. I don't think he could have because he's not, he wasn't an official part of the team. He was just tagged and, he didn't sign it, so it's, I think now he can get it. He definitely has the playbook by now. Now he's probably going to start talking to his coaches once again. He's going to start talking to Mike McCarthy and things of that nature. And um, I know that the NFLPA doctor came out and said that players shouldn't have voluntary workouts with one another. To be honest with you, I doubt that players are going to heed that warning. Here's the reason why. Um, nobody is practicing right now. So what are players supposed to do? Not practice when there hasn't been practice before? It's like players are still going to do it, but I think I, I think by the way the NFLPA doctor said that because of how many people, especially in college, are getting like are getting the coronavirus. Like I talked about it, I think on Saturday or Friday, I think it was Saturday, where it was a bunch of like um, football players from Kansas State, Texas. And Clemson, they all got it, like over 30-something players all got it combined, right? So a lot of people are starting to get it, and the NFLPA is like, all right, um, don't practice with one another. Oh, yeah, and the Houston Texans, they had a couple of players, and Zeke got it. So the NFLPA is like, well, we don't necessarily want our players to get sick right now, so don't practice with one another, let me tell you something The teams that do The teams that don't heed that warning They will have a significant advantage Going into the season Because Especially the quarterbacks Because they will have the rapport Of their receivers um, Not of their receivers Excuse me But they will have that rapport Yeah, with the receivers With their tight ends With the running backs For example Dak Prescott with CeeDee Lamb um, If Dak pretty much starts this month Training with CeeDee Lamb and um he doesn't have any more like wide receivers that are like rookies. So if Dak starts training with CeeDee Lamb today or next week or this week or whenever, he's going to have a significant advantage going into the regular season over a lot of other other teams that just don't. So I think it is like I, I think it is a double edged sword. I don't I don't think That for example Some of the uh, Some of the teams Some of the guys Are going to follow that But I also don't think that uh, That it's a bad thing To suggest that Hey maybe you don't go And train with A bunch of other people That could potentially Get you sick So I think that's one theory, is that he can start training and he can officially start, like, working out with people. Even though he, even though, like, when he was tagged, he, he trained with, De- uh, not Dak, but with Dez and Zeke and stuff like that. Like, now I think he's going to start training once again with CeeDee Lamb. Maybe not again, but start training with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup once again. Weirdly enough, Dak wasn't training with those guys. He was training with, um, well, technically the videos that I saw of Dak was, he was training with, um with Dez, Zeke, and Cedric Wilson, and a couple of other players. Dak is very, very known for training with um, like third-string players, special teams players, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me that much that he would be um, training or seen training with third-string and second-string players and guys that may or may not even be on the team right now, a.k.a. Dez Bryant, but it's it's not that surprising to me that he's now, like, That that he would now start training with the other guys Like Amari and 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 CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup So one theory is that I think he's going to start training with some of those guys once again Another theory theory that I have Is that the contract will get done And in fact that's kind of the main thing That I want to talk about here Is that now the contract will get done I don't think it's a might I don't think it's a maybe I think it will get done and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. I think that it will get done, but this kind of confirms that to the highest degree. Because Dak literally just gave up all of his all of his leverage. Dak just said, "You know what? I'm not holding out. I'm coming into play." So now what Dallas doesn't have to do is they don't have to like like they they can just be like, "Okay, we'll just um we'll just continue this next year if they want to." Obviously, it's not a good idea, but it, Dallas has now all the power Dallas is probably like Um, you know, well We can just stop negotiating and have you play out For the rest of the year because you're signed to the franchise tag You are an official member And official member of the Dallas Cowboys You can't leave your contract You can't get out of your contract This is your contract Also let me write something else down That just flashed on my TV screen Okay. So Dak gave up all of his contract leverage. Dallas has all of the leverage now. I think this is one of the things that that um, that Dak or not Dak does, but how Jerry works is like he, you know, he he, he's gotta, you know, you've gotta meet him halfway. Maybe not halfway, but you gotta come in and go to Jerry and say, "Hey, Jerry, here I am. You know, uh, I'm I'm working with you." You know, I'm coming back to Dallas and stuff like that. I won't hold out and stuff like that. I'm coming here. And I feel like if Jerry does that, if you do that for Jerry, Jerry is going to be like, "Okay, I'll meet you more than halfway." I'm going to I'm going to uh to 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 overpay for players, right? Because a lot of people, you know, Jerry has that stigma of overpaying for players, right? So I'll overpay for Dak Prescott. And I put that in air quotes by the way, because you're not overpaying for Prescott. You're actually underpaying him. Because, like Mike Orvin said, uh, he should probably, you should probably give him some back pay for the first four years that he was working. And he was being kind of facetious; he wasn't being like literal, but he was, he was kind of joking. But some people took it literally. It's like, come on, grob. But yes, Dak Prescott, I think signed the franchise tag for good faith negotiation. I think the contract will get done within the next couple of weeks. I don't think that Dak will I don't I, I don't think this contract is as big of a deal as people are are making it out to be. Like Troy Aikman was like I don't understand why people are freaking out about it so much. I'm with Troy. I don't get it either, especially if you read what's going on and if you understand what's going on, it's really not that big of a deal. It's a big deal that he got franchise tagged, but it's not as big of a deal as like are Dallas going is Dallas going to get rid of Dak? It's like no, they're not. It's like that would be the dumbest thing ever. As I take a swig Of my half and half lemonade But yes Dallas And Dak I think are starting to get close In their negotiations Just by Dak Prescott signing The franchise tag Again In like less than an hour An hour excuse me Hopefully that's the case. Apparently, like, appa- hold on. Let me go to Jane Slater's Twitter. I'm on the NFL Network. I don't know if they're posting anything. Like, they're, they're just showing reruns of Good Morning Football. But... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's, there's literally nothing. Anyways, I'm reading another article about, like, other stuff as well. Not, i uh, I'm, I'm on her Twitter. I'm on Jane Slater's Twitter, and I was, like, reading some of her tweets. Uh, some of it has some, like, Jamal Adams stuff in it as well. We'll go over it later on. But for the most part, this whole, like, contract, or not contract, but free agency, not free agency, God, franchise tagging of Dak Prescott, and then him signing it is just saying, hey, going to be here. That's literally it Moving on Let's talk Not even moving on But another theory that I had And I was about to talk about this But um, this kind of relates to Jamal Adams But um, Dallas wants to make a move Dallas 1000% wants to make a move They either want to make a move for Everson Griffin or Jadavian Clowney or Jamal Adams. And signing and trading for Jamal Adams would be very, very difficult because I feel like the Jets want way too much for him, and I feel like the Dallas Cowboys don't want anything, don't want to like... Like, let's just be honest. Jamal Adams right now is probably worth a second-round draft pick on the open market. Not because he's not a great player, not because he's one of the best safeties in the league, It's because he has made it be widely known That he does not want to play for that specific team He does not want to be a New York football jet He wants money and he wants it now And he wants to go to a playoff team That is essentially what he wants to do Now will that happen? Probably not But whatever Dallas wants to do You first have to get this deal done with Dak. And maybe they have, because apparently Everson Griffin was being contacted and talked to by Dallas, but probably his asking price was way too high. And Everson Griffin, by the way, he's the guy that beat up on Tyron Smith against the Vikings this year. But Everson Griffin, he has been asking for money, big money deal. If Dallas gets Everson Griffin and they have Demarcus Lawrence, and they have Tyron Crawford, and Tyron Crawford can play inside and outside at the defensive line. So it's like, so now your rotational, you know, now your defensive rotation is really, really good because now you can just move Tyron Smith wherever. Obviously, your two ends, your defensive ends would be uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin, and then you could switch in and out Tyron Crawford, um, Alden Smith and Bradley and I. So now it's like, okay, now we have a lot more flexibility, which the whole concept of Dallas' new football team is flexibility. It sounds like it's thundering outside and it's midday. Hold on, is it seriously, like, about to rain? It was raining, like, all night. Let me check this out. Because this is going to be great Because for me because maybe I don't have to freaking turn on my AC at all today. Hold on. It's really, really dark outside, too. Like, the sun should be so- shining. Can I finally open up my blinds today? Oh, yeah, it's like pitch black outside. Let me open up my... The only problem is, is that I was planning on going skateboarding today And plans have been cancelled Like that's kind of been my daily exercise today yeah, You can work up a sweat when it's humid and hot outside And you're wearing a hoodie while skateboarding Stuff like that Anyways Back to what I was talking about so, Dallas wants to make a deal. It's either... I feel like it's one of the three. It's I feel like Dak wants to either work with some of his guys. Dak wants to... Um, not Dak, but Dallas um, wants to get a deal done that's not Dak Prescott. So, they have to get this deal done first. Like a big contract with maybe Jamal, maybe Everson Griffin, maybe Jadavian Clowney. Or, and this is more likely than any of the other suggestions... Um, Dallas, or not Dallas, but Dak was negotiating in good faith Saying, hey, sign my tag, I'll show up But I gotta get my money So, there you go Kind of the three reasons why I think Dak signed that tag And also I think, like, like like Dak, two things can be true now It's not one or the other I think two things can be true I think Dak can sign the contract in good faith Not the contract, but the tag in good faith While Dallas is also trying to make a move for one of these big ticket defensive players. Because the only thing that sucked last year, in fact it was one of two things that sucked last year for the Dallas Cowboys. It was special teams and it was defense. So now you increase your defense because you've gotten another pass rusher. Like imagine if Robert Quinn, not Robert Quinn, but DeMarcus Lawrence was way better. Imagine if he was way better last season. And you have Robert Quinn and Marcus Lawrence coming off their respective edges, right edge and um, right defensive end, excuse me, and, and um, left defensive end, and you would have an absolute monster of a package when it comes to the, um, to the edge rushers, if both of them were rushing the passer and getting sacks and stuff like that at the same rate. Obviously, pressure and stuff like that matters as well, but sacks, sacks are king. It's like you would have one guy. You would have two guys with 10 sacks, to be honest with you, in one season. Well, we know what happened last year. Marcus Lawrence had, like, I think five in Dallas. Instead of having 20, they had, like, 15 in between those two guys. Which it's like, okay, all right, all right, all right, I get it. But now you increase the pass rushing ability of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, If I was Dallas, I would look way more... For Jadavian Clowney than for Robert Quinn Because both of those Because Robert Quinn Not Jadavian Not Robert Quinn Oh my god For Everson Griffin Excuse me Because Jadavian Clowney I feel like I feel like he does a lot more Than just rush the passer Even though it's like Like, like he's a run stopper He's kind of like Demarcus Lawrence as well Where Demarcus Lawrence rushes the passer But he's also a run stopper But Jadavian Clowney, he's kind of a run stopper as well. So now you have two run stoppers, which your whole weakness on your defense um, was in some big games. Like Buffalo and freaking the Bears, they could not stop the run. And even against like other teams like the Rams, it's like they just couldn't stop the run. And some of the quarterbacks that you're playing up against, you want the ball in their hands. So that way, when and it sounds weird, it's like why would you get another defensive? Oops, sorry, why would you get another defensive end to stop the run? Well, it's because most of the quarterbacks that you're playing up against this year, you want the football in their hands. You don't want their um, their running backs to just pop off again. You want uh, Dwayne Haskins and um, Daniel Jones um, to have the football in their hands. You want who also replaying up against this year like um, Joe Burrow, who's a rookie and uh, we're playing up against the NFC West. You want Jimmy to have the ball in his hands. You want Murray to have the ball in his hands, and I like Murray, but you don't want his running backs to start running all over the football field and start scoring touchdowns. You don't want Jared Goff and his running backs. Like, the whole team operates off the running game. The worst thing that you can do is put the ball in his running backs' hands instead of Jared Goff's hands. We know what happened when Jared Goff has football in his hands. He goes downhill fast. Long and the short of it is, put the ball... In the quarterback's hands, not the running back. There are some quarterbacks who you don't really want the football in. Patrick Mahomes is one name. Um, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. You don't want you you want to shut down the pass, but there are teams that rely heavily on their running game, and you're like, yes, put the quarterback under pressure, make him make great throws, make him beat us. And if you shut down the run game early and often, and if your offense is as high-powered as I think it is, guess what? Shut down the run, quarterback gets the ball in his hands, and you have ball hawks like Trevon Diggs on your football team. And it's like, now it's like, oh wait, now they gotta start making some pretty dangerous throws. Trevon Diggs, ball hawk, guess what? Turnovers, and your offense gets the ball back and we beat them like 30-17 to or something like that. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. But running the football or shutting down the run should 1,000% be the objective here for the Dallas Cowboys defensively while also getting some pieces in the secondary as well. Again, two things can be true. They could they could sign Dak Prescott to the franchise tag and and it could be a good faith move while also trying to get a big... Big, big player on defense. So those were some of my theories for the reason why Dak Prescott will sign the franchise tag here in about, it looks like 30 minutes, I guess. I don't know. I don't know when he's actually supposed to sign the tag. They just said he's going to sign the tag today. And at first I was like, that sounds like fake news, but then it's like everybody started to say that. And And then Jane Slater said somebody from... Dak Prescott's camps told her that he's going to sign the tag today And I was like, okay, I'll believe Jane Slater <laughs> Alright I just got this article on my phone Mailbag impact on the Dak deal deadline If Dak signs his franchise tender And this is from thedallascowboys.com if Dak signs his franchise tender as the reports say he will, does that make you more optimistic that a new deal get get will get done by July 15th? Or am I reading too much into it? This is I think David Hellman. I don't think it makes me feel any differently, to be honest. Dak doesn't have to sign the tender to keep working toward an extension, as I've kind of said a little bit. If you'll remember, Des Bryant never signed his tag back in 2015. But he ultimately signed a new extension just hours before the deadline. Again, deadline makes deadlines make deals. They they did the exact same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. They did the exact same thing with Des Bryant back in it looks like 2015. They did the same thing. It looks like with Jalen Smith and Lael Collins, where they were like, "Oh, we're gonna sign those two guys to put pressure on Dak Prescott and make sure that he can get a little bit less of that pie." as Jerry Jones would like to call it, and then Dak didn't take the bait, and he's like, dude, I'm not on your deadline. I don't have to make a deal. So do you want to know what Dak Prescott did? He said, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're taking this extension. We're taking these contract talks all the way till now, June of this year, when it was literally a year ago where Dak was like, I want to be a cowboy for life, and then they didn't sign him. And then now we're here, middle of Jul- June, excuse me, not July. Pretty much it's the end of June, to be honest with you. What's today? What's the day? What's the day? It's the 22nd. June is almost over in like eight days. But Dallas was like, you know what? We'll just play this thing out. Dak said, okay, fine. I'll uh, bet. Then he. <laughs> I've never said that before in my entire life. Then uh, Dallas was like, you know what? We'll just wait. And then Dak Prescott had a perfect passer rating game in, in September of last year against the Giants. And then that was all she wrote. Dak was like, yeah, I want more money. And then Dallas was like, I thought we were operating in good faith. And then Dak was like, we were until I had a perfect pass rating game. Pay me more money, Jerry. Jerry said, no, I'm not going to pay you more money. Then Dak Prescott said, fine, we can play this thing all day, all on day until the cows come home. Then Jerry said, fine, we'll play this game until the, until the doggone cows come home. And then Jerry was like, oh, wait, Dak actually had a pretty good season. He had almost 5,000 yards, 30-something touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Now we got to pay him more money. We should have taken the deal. Shouldn't we have, Steven Jones? Continuing forward, if anything, maybe Dak noticed the way COVID-19 is affecting the league and decided to make sure he locked up his money. It's totally possible he still signs a deal, but I don't think this decision to sign the tag has anything to do with it. I don't think the COVID-19 thing is, is the reason why. I think it's that he's operating in good faith because it's like, what do you mean? He's like... If he gets the virus He gets out He goes down for like Two weeks this year Not two weeks this year But like two weeks This summer And then he comes back Around the time Because there's like Four weeks left Before the deadline Right So he gets the virus He goes down for two weeks He comes back He's healthy again And then it's like The contract negotiation I don't think it has anything To do with COVID-19 The reason why He signed the tender This is Rob I don't know his name His last name I've been fairly, I've always been fairly optimistic that they'll reach a deal by the deadline. Not saying for sure it'll happen. After all, these talks have been intermittently going on for over a year now. Maybe he ends up playing on the tag, but we've just seen this play out before with Des Bryan in 2015, with Tank Lawrence and Zeke Elliott. Speaking of DeMarcus. DeMarcus was like, I'm not—he he put pressure on the Dallas Cowboys, right? He said, I'm not getting my, soul, my shoulder surgery because he had end-of-the-season surgery. Um, no, he had to have end-of-the-season surgery before he could play again. He's like, I'm not having my surgery until I get a new deal. And the surgery, he would be out for like a couple of weeks. So Jerry was like, fine. I'll just not sign it, and then it just got closer and closer and closer until it's like Jerry finally had a crack because it's like, okay, he he could miss time in the actual season and in the preseason, and he probably couldn't actually train this season if you don't get this dude signed, so get him signed so that way he can play football, and that's exactly what they did, and then he had his surgery, and then he was out for like the majority of training camp, and he didn't do anything, and then it's like he he went on and had like a five-sack season. Continuing forward, no one thinks the deal will get done until it does, and it will always seem to get done. Still have three weeks left, and that's kind of the end of the topic. So again, a lot of different, a lot of different narratives with this whole contract thing. Let me take a swig of my half and half first before I continue forward. saw this weird article from this Philadelphia newspaper or not I think it was Philadelphia NBC where Amari where um where it was uh, it was uh, Amari was featured on the NFL game pass this um this weekend or technically it was last weekend it was on Saturday like 2 days ago and Amari said uh, you, you know there's certain routes that you can't run against Darius Slay Jr. And this Philadelphia newspaper pretty much took the entire quote out of context and wrote an entire article saying that Amari Cooper said that, um, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, said that Amari Cooper is essentially, not Amari Cooper, but Darius Slade Jr. is Amari Cooper's kryptonite. And I was like, what? Did you not understand the quote? You not understand it? I'll play it for you. I'll play it. Let me go to it right now. Hold on. <clears throat> Here we go As I get an ad break I wish I had ad breaks Or more specifically I wish I made money Off my ad breaks Cause I have none And I make no money Alpha of ad breaks Anyways. Watching two commercials because the NFL network is like, you know what? We'll just we'll just hit them with two. So, here's here's the quote. I've already played this before. And I get another ad break. Fantastic. I love getting ad breaks even after I watch two ads and I and now I got to watch another ad break and it's just so much fun to watch ads, isn't it? It's not like I clicked on this video to watch an actual video. I've watched more ads than I will watch this video. Like they've played me almost a minute of ads. And I'm only looking to get, like, 20 or 30 seconds of this video. Jesus Christ. Here, here, Here's here's Amari Cooper talking about Darius Slay Jr. Oh, wait, you can't hear it because I muted you. Here we go. Here's the actual clip.
1: It's a great week of prep for you because mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to be at your best to beat him.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I had a, a stop right here, and I'm sort of feel, and I tried to tell him that... There are certain routes you can't really run on Like, yeah. like He's just going to cover the, those routes, you know, to perfection. I had it in my head that, hey, if I'm going to run a stop on, on him, because we might have to run a stop on him, like, mm-hmm. let's face it, mm-hmm. I would rather run it to the boundary so that it would be a shorter throw. Yep. Oh, because sure. he plays the stop so well that mm-hmm. if it's a longer throw, he's going to have time, time. to right. react Ball's to in the air, and he's got a chance to, yeah. Prescott for Cooper, knocked away by Darius Slay. Does that sound like a dude that's... Kryptonite is one player, Darius Slay Jr. It's funny that the players can break down tape and like tell tape better than the actual coaches. And Amari was like, "Hey, um, let's not run a stop route because if we if we run a stop route, the ball's in the air longer. The DV can can like judge the like he, he can make a play on the football. Like he can look at it and he could like he he can like put himself in position to make a play on it. Like Amari's like, please don't have me run a stop route." Because he's good at actually guarding that specific pass Does that sound like he, it's, you know, Darius Slay is Amari's kryptonite Doesn't sound like it to me But, of course, they're looking for anything And everybody was like, Amari Cooper didn't play well in that game against Darius Slade Jr. Do you want to know what the Dallas Cowboys, weirdly enough, did against Darius Slade Jr. um, When they played against him? Not before Amari Cooper was there last year, but two years ago In the 2018 season, I think it was like week three or week four, Dallas was against the Detroit Lions, they were in Dallas, and Darius Slade Jr. was on the football field, and the Dallas Cowboys, for some weird reason, kept on attacking him. They kept on just throwing it over and over and over and over and over again at this dude. And I'm like some, like, like Dak threw it no fear towards Darius Slade Jr. It was really, really weird, man because I'm like man like eventually he's going to intercept it or he's going to make a play on it or and he did make some plays but it was always like like man like Darius, like they're really really going after Darius Slade Jr. They're not afraid of this dude. Dak is not afraid of this dude. What how, what what were his yards against the not against the Lions. Let me look up Aaron Rodgers. All right against the Detroit Lions in the last couple of seasons. Let's just take a peek. Quick quick peek. Last season, maybe it's unfair because technically this is uh this is this is after Mike McCarthy left, but let's just take a gander. Against Detroit, they were they won it barely 23-22. Aaron Rodgers had two two touchdowns, one interception, two hundred and eighty three yards. He was twenty four of thirty nine. Jesus Christ! His yards per attempt were seven point six. His passer rating was below average. Ooh, that's interesting. Against Detroit, oh, that's not very good. Three hundred and twenty three yards, twenty seven of fifty five. Forty nine percent, two touchdowns, one interception. That is not very good at all. He had four interceptions on the year. He had uh, he had two against Detroit. So you know maybe Detroit's actually better than I thought. It was twenty three to twenty again, thirteen to three. Let me just check some of these games. Actually, kind of just oh wow, wow okay that explains a lot. For the majority, I was like. I was like, is this like a regular thing for Aaron? For a lot of his games, his passer rating was I think below average. I think what was his passer rating last year? Was it below average? It was almost below average. It was like a ninety-five point four. A ninety-three point four is um average. So ninety-three point four is average, ninety-five point four is average. Like slightly above average He had like Wow Some of his games were like Like against Dallas He had an 85.2 passer rating And Zero touchdowns Zero interceptions And then he had a 100 He had a perfect passer rating Against Oakland 80% completion percentage 5 touchdowns 25 of 31 His yards per attempt were 13.8 comparatively to the 7.26 and the 5.87 in the Detroit series in 2019. And then he had a really, really nice game against Kansas City where they won. I think this is the game where Patrick Mahomes was hurt, so he didn't play. 129.0 pass rating, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 70% completion percentage. It was technically 69.70, but I'll just round it up. Uh, 305 yards, his yards per attempt were 9.24. Again, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. No, not five, it was three to zero. And then 85, 84, 75. Uh, 75. And the 75.8 was against, holy fuck, He pl- he should have had a way... Way lower passer rating And this is why I hate some of these statistics And this is why I hate passer rating And quarterback rating Because sometimes it's super Super subjective How the fuck does this dude have a 75.8 When he was 20 of 30 33 60% completion percentage So he's like average completion percentage With 104 yards He was 20 of 33 That's like 60% obviously But he should have 200 plus yards He should have 100 more yards And he had 3.15 Let me let me look up that game Now I'm really going down the rabbit hole I'm like what Like, He played terrible in that game And he had a 70% That's ridiculous It's like come on He deserves way more But before I kind of go down the Aaron Rodgers Hold on let me just type in his name And Let me just type in And by the way The San Francisco game I'm not referring to The San Francisco NFC Championship game I'm referring to the Actual like Regular season game That they played in That's the game That I'm referring to I'm not referring to The NFC championship game I'm referring to The um, Just a regular Just a regular old Regular season game But let me go back To um, To what I was talking about With Darius Slay And Amari Cooper so everybody tells me he's the kryptonite for Amari He's this and he's that I don't think so I don't think so I don't even think Stefan Gilmore Really like I, like I think here's the thing what happened with Amari Cooper Last season Amari Cooper Probably shouldn't have played the majority of the games that he played in I And mean, that's just the reality of, of the situation I think Amari Cooper was horrendously hurt I think he was broken down and not because of, you know, like some people say, well, Amari Cooper will quit and this and that. And it's like, I think Amari Cooper just like, there are certain teams, there are certain dudes that he will go out and he will play for. This dude went out and played for this team while apparently having the worst injury of his entire career. And he played every single game for it. And everybody gave him shit for it. And nobody talks about how this dude was injured for the entire for the entire year. Let me look up his injury. What what was the injury that Amari Cooper had? Because even I don't like know. I know that it was like a lower foot injury, but what was the injury? What was the injury? So I'm gonna go with injury history. So I'm looking at his full injury history So this is August 3rd, 2019 This is the entire, like this It's apparently a a pedal foot sprain Amari Cooper was sidelined until the team's opener September 8th against the Giants with a foot injury A foot injury kept him out of the preseason I don't even think that this is the entire, like Injury that he had sustained, right? So from August 3rd until pretty much September 25th, he was dealing with this foot sprain. Then, and uh, in September of 25th of last year, he had an ankle sprain, a pedal ankle sprain slash pull, unspecified grade one. Cooper ankle was limited in practice for two days, had an MRI on his ankle. The results came back negative. He was available for next game. That was... September 25th, a couple of, week of weeks later, a leg quad bruise. Cooper was diagnosed with a thigh bruise that knocked him out of the loss to the Jets. He played the next game, and then the knee patella sprain. This happened in October, or not October, but November of last year. Cooper was on the sideline with a knee injury. He returned to the game. He was limited in practice in the following days, managed to play the next game. This is Derek Carr after, I think, uh, a week 15 ankle sprain in 2017, excuse me. So after the season, quarterback Derek Carr said his teammate was out there playing on one foot. A lot of guys probably wouldn't have played with what he had going on. We still don't know exactly what was ailing Cooper and when beyond the ankle sprain, but he should be headed for a much healthier 2018, which I think he played most of them. Uh, I think he had a concussion. But he had a slur of injuries in that 2019 season. And he didn't talk about it. He didn't say anything. He's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just got to go out there and play better. Didn't complain about it. But you could see it. He was hurt. He was obviously hurt. And it's kind of important as a wide receiver to run and change direction. And it's kind of hard to do that when you're playing on one leg. People are like, why is Amari Cooper not as good away as he is as, at, at, at home? Is that the case? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's hurt. Maybe it's because he's running on one leg. Maybe it's because the therapy that he's getting The physical therapy that he's getting is completely different away than it is at home. I don't know. Maybe that's the case. But, you know, people, people just, people just won't say that. People won't admit that, but that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Don't worry. It's going to be healthy this year. Let me get into this Aaron Rodgers game, right? So, Aaron Rodgers... Because I was looking up, and you know, if, unless you're you're a little bit confused, I was looking up Darius Slay Junior against Aaron Rodgers because I wanted to see how good he was, and Aaron Rodgers has had a pitiful series against the Detroit Lions, almost losing both games in that series to Detroit. I might add. There are a lot of really, really bad games. And then I saw this one game, San Francisco, where he lost 37-8. to And people were like, man. Because I, I remember I, I was just watching Good Morning. I'm still watching it because it's, it's, it's almost noon. But I'm still watching like Good Morning football. And Kay Adams just keeps on saying, you know what? The Green Bay Packers, they were one game away from making it to the, uh, to, to the Super Bowl, right? One game away. But how far away was their quarterback? How close was Aaron Rodgers from making it to the Super Bowl? How close were they? I got his numbers right here. And I really haven't looked at Aaron Rodgers' numbers that much this season. But I said this when they drafted Jordan Love. I couldn't believe they would actually do that. But when you look at his numbers, and you look at his pass rating, and you look at some of the biggest games of the season, Aaron Rodgers didn't play that well. Like, even against Dallas, where they mopped the floor with Dallas... He had zero touchdowns in that game Like there are games where Dak Prescott Like the running game is so efficient and effective That Dak Prescott won't have like Any any touchdowns whatsoever But Aaron Rodgers during that game Had an 85.2 passer rating Which if I look up Dax During that game Was, was significantly lower Like there are games where as a quarterback, your team is running the football and you don't really have to like throw that much and you just have to make like good throws and stuff like that. Pretty much the opposite of what Jimmy Garoppolo did in the Super Bowl. His team was running the football so efficiently and effectively. All he had to do was just like make some plays here and there. So Dak's passer rating in Green Bay was 83.8. He had two two touchdowns, three interceptions. So keep in mind, Dak lost the football game by 10 points. Aaron Rodgers won it. Where are his numbers? And he had, like, a two, two points of difference between the quarterbacks. Keep in mind. All right. So Aaron Rodgers, during that entire last season, and in fact, I think Dak Prescott outplayed Aaron during that game, but that, that's neither here nor there. But Aaron during the entire season, especially during that San Francisco 49ers game, it's just, it's just meh. It's just meh. He had some great games. He had some Aaron Rodgers games, like, against Kansas City and against Oakland. But beyond that, it's kind of like, it's either, he doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a lot of, like, big Aaron Rodgers games, right? Like he, like, he has a couple of one, he has a lot of one touchdown games. How many one touchdown games does he have? One, two, three, four, five, six, one touchdown games, right? And then he has games, how many other games does he have with zero touchdowns? One, two, so eight. So that's half the season where he has games with either one touchdown or zero touchdowns. And then he has games like against Kansas City and Oakland where he has eight touchdowns, for example. Total and zero interceptions. Like he, he just, he's just not as good as he needs to be. Not as good as he needs to be Let me look at this San Francisco 49ers game Let me just Take a quick peek Let me take a quick peek Aaron Rodgers drops back Tries to stiff arm Gets sacked On third and ten Which is weird Because usually In this case You would just see like Aaron Rodgers chunk the ball Into the stands Because he's like I don't want to get hit And Bosa got him It looked like Did they rip it out? It looks like they did There's no way he had security Yeah, they ripped it out Now it's going to be first and goal At the two, Green Bay's defense Keep in mind, by the way This is the defense everybody was talking about Aaron Rodgers was like, woo We finally have a defense He said that at the end of of the game Hold on Sorry about that. I don't know, like, you know how, like, sometimes you get, like, these fucking... Let me look this number up. I'm like, I just want to make sure this isn't, like, somebody important that I don't have to, like, actually respond to. Because I hate getting these, like, obnoxious phone calls from people who I don't know that... not. It's not even people that you don't know. It's like, it's like scammers. It's like a prank caller. Not a prank caller. It's like, what's it called? Uh, those people who are trying to, like... Who, who are, like, posing as, like, the IRS and are, like, you know, you have, you've, you have back taxes and you're about to get audited and you're about to go to prison and stuff like that and, and they're just, like, trying to scare you into, like, giving them a shit ton of money over the phone or giving up your social security number. So now I'm, like, going to look this up and make sure this isn't, like, yeah, all right, yep. Like, the first, the first like, frickin' response is robocaller warning for this number. Let me just look up this site. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rachel from Credit Card Services was the bane of my life for years. I no longer hear from her after returning from several years in Europe. I found that I received four out of six of these calls per day. They have all but stopped. The few that do get through are reported. I actually changed my service from Comcast to Verizon because of this. Yeah, I'm on no more robo stop robo calls now. Okay, so that's just a last detected severe last detected 40 minutes ago. It's like, fuck, man. So now it's just like I literally just block these numbers, which it's like it's so it's like, how do they even get your information? How how do how do they get my information? That's so obnoxious. So now I'll just like. Sorry about that interruption Especially when it's like I thought it was something Or someone important I was like Is this a bill collector Or is this like Somebody that doesn't matter It's like Jesus Christ Why Why would you call Literally at like Noon o'clock I say noon o'clock I mean like Midday essentially I'm like Why would you call That's so obnoxious Don't ever fucking call me Ever again So Anyways Where was Where was I at 49ers, they score a touchdown After the uh, the Aaron Rodgers fumble on 3rd and 10 They get the touchdown Rodgers once again, 3rd and 4 Rodgers throws over the middle It's deflected Bounces off the hands of Geronimo Allison For an incomplete pass It almost got picked actually Jimmy Garoppolo slings it first down I think that's Debo Samuel Jimmy Garoppolo once again, oh, wait, he fumbled the football, on first down, too, he was under center, he's like, I'm just gonna fumble it, Aaron Rodgers, third and nine now, quick pass, it dropped, (laughs) like, yeah, it's just quick pass, and it hits the receiver right in the hand, so it wasn't even on Rodgers that time, a lot of third and fives, and a lot of, like, Garoppolo gets sacked now. He gets re- he gets sacked uh, like it was inside the, um, uh, oh, my God, it's pass interference on the defense. Great job, Green Bay. Why couldn't they play this badly against the Cowboys? Is that pass interference? Yep. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is anymore. They fucked it up so much. Apparently, Green Bay's defense is essentially like Dallas's. When Dallas plays up against teams that want to run the football, they just don't tackle. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got to step up in the pocket. So in the first quarter, somehow, some way, it's like even though you know, even though Green Bay's defense, and by the way, De- uh, Devontae Adams just gets lit up on third and thirteen. Bang! He catches it. Bang, but he just gets destroyed. Actually, he doesn't even catch it. He kinda hits his hands and then he and then he drops the ball. So most of this isn't even on Rodgers at this point. Most of it's on his wide receivers. Not catching the football. On first and ten. Rogers under center. Play action. It's a bootleg. Not a bootleg. It's just a jet sweep to his wide receiver number 13. Third and eight. Sidearm pass, quick pass to Devontae Adams. Safety comes out of nowhere and makes a hell of a play. Great job by the safety. Fourth and one. Rodgers in the shotgun. Gonna give it to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones gets destroyed. Why can't my defense play like the 49ers defense? They are destroying the Packers right now. Like I, I know like a lot of people they talk about Green Bay as if like they were close to getting to the Super Bowl. They got smashed in all of these games, man. Like, look at this, they're getting destroyed. It's second and 25 Rodgers pumps Rodgers get out of the pocket What is Rodgers doing out there Third and 35 Rodgers He he gives it to his running back What They're just like Rodgers we, like, we. He, He's playing horribly in this game This is the game where he has 100 yards by the way Personal foul Let me guess passer, passer, defense Yes Yes it is Yes, it is. Uh, No, it's not even roughing the passer. It's like roughing somebody else. I think it was roughing Aaron Jones. So Aaron Rodgers rolls to his right, throws down the football field. It is caught. That's a catch. That's a catch, right? How's that not a catch? Jimmy, What's his name? Jimmy Graham catches it. Bang. He comes down with it. Bang. Knee down How's that not a catch I'm I'm getting pissed off for Rodgers The rest are like That's not a catch Are we seriously debating this He had like two steps That's a catch You're terrible Jesus Christ Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo's Wheeling and dealing Garoppolo gives it to his running back And Green Bay's defense does want to tackle Now it's going to be third and two Inside the ten And Jimmy delivers Probably his worst ball of the day So right now I'm watching NFL Live Not NFL Live, what's it called? NFL Now And um, Dak is supposed to sign his franchise tender It's noon, it's technically 12.02 now and uh, he's supposed to get it signed. He has not gotten it signed. I don't know what's going on. We'll just continue to watch this game. I'm just, I'm just interested to see Aaron Rodgers play in this game. And how everybody was like, Aaron Rodgers was one game away. It's like, well, apparently nobody watched these games. Because Aaron Rodgers' defense and his offense is getting smoked right now. Like, as bad as Aaron Rodgers has played and the offense, like, they've only given up 20-something points, which may seem like a lot. But keep in mind, like, their offense has pretty much gotten nothing going on and had multiple turnovers and multiple sacks. How many sacks do they get on Rodgers this game? That's a good question. They get five on him. That'll cause you to lose every single game all day long. It's like they got five interceptions on Rodgers during this game. Like, yep, that'll do it. That'll cause you to lose a bunch of football games. And Jimmy is wheeling and dealing to George Kittle. Oh, boy. 49ers get it in the second half. Zadarius Smith... He's happy. He's like, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna freaking get up and flex. It's like, please don't. You're down twenty three points. Now this is Rogers' time, baby. Rodgers time. Rodgers is lo- is looking like a. What is going on with Rodgers? Rodgers, I'm. I'm watching this game, man. I'm watching it. I'm watching this game right now. Let me take a swig of my half and half lemonade. Go back and watch his game. I'm like, Rogers, like, you gotta step up. He feel Nick Bosa is destroying this left tackle. You gotta step up and roll out to your left. Or, like, you should feel the pressure. And I don't know what Rogers is doing. Like, get get out. Get out of the pocket. He's he's too indecisive. I don't know what he's doing. Or just throw the ball away. Third and eight. Rogers, throw it. Throw it. Throw it. He's, uh, uh, he doesn't throw it. He runs. Why, like what I, I don't I don't fourth and four now I mean he's down 23 point they got to go for it Rogers throw it you know it's interesting right so Rodgers is known for being off script and everybody likes to talk about Mike McCarthy and how Mike McCarthy like everything got stale with Mike McCarthy but literally, all Rogers is doing is just dropping back and like waiting for things to like devolve until him just running down the hoop, running uh, running all over the place and stuff like that. And when stuff happens, he's like, "I'll just make a play." And then like he just doesn't make plays. Like he's not making plays anymore. He's just like running out of bounds and doing all this weird stuff. It's like Rogers. Like if you're gonna make a play, like you have design throws, right? Like, look for the design throws. Like, he throws to the running back. Bang. But the running back was in pass protection, but it does work out. They do convert on fourth down. Second and eight. Play action. Rodgers looks. Like, Rodgers isn't having a good game. He's not. You cannot watch this game and be like, yeah, oh, yeah, Rodgers is playing fantastic. No, he's not. He's playing terribly. Throw it. Rolls to his left. Throw it. Throw it. Throw it. He's going to run again. And it's like, it's third and eight. I don't know what they did On first down But it looks like It's a personal foul On the defense So it's like It's pretty much Just gonna be at the one And I think this is gonna be Their one and only touchdown By the way During this game Oh no It's pass interference On the running back And Richard Sherman Is like I don't understand it It's like Richard It was <laughs> It was pass interference Yep Yep Touchdown Green Bay All the uh, The cheese heads In whatever stadium The 49ers play in Are going ballistic Two point attempt They're gonna I think, get it, maybe? Oh, yeah, that should be an easy... Yep, easy catch. They completely lost Devonte Adams in the back of the end zone, and it's now 8-23 to play action. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy looks, Jimmy fires, bang, caught. You know, it's interesting that people are like, they should have run it, they should have run it, but it's like, when you have this dude and Jimmy Garoppolo making plays throughout the entire season, keep in mind, his defense... On his defense, his team is up 23-8 to right now, and he just threw another touchdown in the game. It's like, if you have faith in the guy, then you throw the football. I don't consider, like, as much as people want to be like, this is the second time Kyle Shanahan screwed it up once again, but it's like, in all honesty, this is the, like, against Green Bay. This is what they were running. It's three minutes and three seconds left, and on first and ten, they're like, we'll just throw it with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it works because George Kittle runs in for a touchdown for like, it's like a 50-yard touchdown, but not Jimmy. um, uh, What's it called? Uh, George Kittle takes it in like for 50 yards, and it's like 20 or 30 all by himself. And now they're just running it because they're like, well, we got to run it because, oh, wait, and they get the first down. First and five, play action, quick play, quick pass. Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, you got to get out of bounds. 14 minutes left. In the game, Rodgers looks, winds up, throws, oof, incomplete for Geronimo Allison, fourth and ten. Bang. Rodgers looks, fires, PI, 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 there you go. Like he grabbed him way before, there it is. I'm like, he grabbed him way before the ball even got there. It's like, come on, that's ridiculous. 3rd and 15. How's it 3rd and 15 again? Then they're just gonna try and get the ball down in like a manageable distance. 4th and 8. Rodgers gets swallowed up again. Like, it's weird how badly Rodgers is playing, right? Because he's just getting swallowed up by pressure, you know? Like, to be honest with you, I'm so tempted to like, like watching this game, and this this is only part of the story, but it's like, I kind of get why they're out on Rodgers. I kind of get it. Let me let me take a quick bathroom break because I got a, I I'm I've been holding it in like for 30 to 40 minutes. Let me take a quick bathroom break and I'll be back with um with more Aaron Rodgers weirdness. Right here on Four's podcast. After we watch another ad it's like again, I just want to play my lo-fi mixtape that I got on my YouTube channel. That's it. And then use the bathroom and then all the and then just the the lo-fi, not even the lo-fi, but the freaking uh, the video that I wanted to watch. It's like it, it's like, "Oh no, we're just going to play another ad." But finally, here's the um, here's the here's the song. I'll be back in a, in another couple of minutes. Right here. Uh, 24. A bitch takes your you she you got to get shot. straight. But that scar from punching someone. No. That scar is from a distal radius fracture. How could you possibly know that? Short bathroom break <clears throat> We were going Over and we were looking at Aaron Rodgers' play All Right not just Not just in the regular season but Against you know some of the best teams In the league against some of the most important Games against Dallas he didn't play very well Against the 49ers We were looking at it and he did not play very well And the regular season component And <clears throat> We were also looking, I also wanted to look at the second game within that series as I plug in my computer. We're also going to take a quick little peek inside the NFC Championship game. And I'll also, what I'll also do is, I will do this against Seattle as well. All right, here we go. So this is their playoff game. So what was, the, what was the score again? 20 to 37. So a lot closer. He had a 70% completion percentage. No, 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 no. He had an 80% completion percentage. 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 97.2 passer rating, which is significantly above average. And then he also had um, three sacks, so a lot better than the first time that he played against them. Obviously, not even close to where he's got to be to beat this team. We're just watching a couple of plays that we're going to watch here. So it seems like the Packers want to be a running team. And it seems like that's that's what it is because on the first play of the game, they, they run the football. It seems like they don't trust Aaron Rodgers as much and some of their players are pretty predictable because freaking one of their linebackers on a quick pass on third and three destroyed the running back. And Debo Samuels does... Is it Debo Samuels or Debo Samuel? I'll just say whichever one feels right at the moment. Uh, Debo Samuel, oh my God, is destroying people. Jesus Christ. Everyone like I remember somebody saying, I won't say who, somebody saying like Debo Samuel isn't an important asset to the 49ers. I'm like, "Do you watch the 49ers play football?" <laughs> like they need this guy. It's like he he is so on brand for this football team. It's ridiculous, man. Like he is he is the he is the wide receiver that's pretty much like that that plays like the running backs. Like he blocks, he trucks people. Raheem Mostert Morstet or Morestort, Whoever it is just trucked a guy like Jesus Christ this, Like this is This is Like, like Debo is the most important Is one of their most important Players on offense And Rodgers is finally Starting to get back Into action here Third and seven Let's see what he can do Rolls out And gets sacked Nick Bosa And it looks like DeForest Buckner Was there as well And you may be asking me The question 24 what about his offensive line? Isn't his offensive line terrible? No, it's quite good, actually. It had um, Brian Balaga and I think another guy as well. Like, they, had, they have pretty good players. It's just like when I watch Aaron play in both of these games, he's not operating the pocket like how I would think Aaron Rodgers would operate in the pocket. Like instead of sliding up and out Or rolling to his right Or rolling to his left Or sliding to his left Or avoiding the rush and the pressure He just doesn't do that He just doesn't He just stands in and like looks around Almost like he's a rookie Like if you if you took off the back plate If you took off his nameplate from the back of his jersey I would be like Isn't this like a rookie running around playing football Or like I would not think that this is Aaron Rodgers And I think the 20 to 30-something, like, I think it was a lot, like, further than that because I'm pretty sure they started to score points in the later half because I do remember watching this football game and I was like, wow, this is over. (laughs) I was like, the 49ers are destroying the Packers. They blitz. Rodgers, you got to get rid of it. And he doesn't. Like, he knows that they're blitzing too. They aren't disguising it. This isn't like a disguised coverage. He knows that it's man-to-man right now and it's like... Throw it to Devontae Parker Or Devontae Adams He knows that it's man It looks zone No no, it, no, it's man to man They're just guarding the boundary Right because it's third and seven And it's like Aaron Throw, throw it Throw it to one of your guys Throw it to one Devontae Adams is open Rodgers Step up and throw it Bang What Somebody's up Throw it Rodgers And he knows it's a blitz He knows it He knows it's a blitz and it's like, Rodgers, throw it right there. Throw it to the guy who's on the boundary or, 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 or audible or something. But, it's a, but they bring everybody. They bring like seven dudes, I think. Wait, How many? One, two, three, four, five, six. They bring six, not seven, excuse me. They, but they bring a lot of pressure. Is it six? It looks like seven. It was just a lot of dudes. Bang. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, it's six, right? Yeah, they bring six guys, but it's a corner blitz. It's a delayed blitz. It's like Rodgers. I don't know why he thought he had a lot of time, but he did not have the time that he had. And guess what happens? It's a fumble. I think it's recovered by, yeah, it's recovered by Green Bay. And it's like, dude, you can't hold on to the football that long. That's how you get sacked. That's how you get fumbled. And then the Green Bay defense is playing like garbage. They're just letting the defense, not the defense, excuse me, the um uh, like raheem morstead is it Mer- raheem morstead or M- i'm just going to say whatever i feel is right uh, he just is running through the green bay defense like a hot knife runs through warm butter he's killing them right now it's now 16 to 0 right now now i'm starting to remember why this game was so close play action Rogers steps up throws it's caught over the middle number 16 no idea what his name is First and 10, bang, play action, nope, handoff, Aaron Jones, 10 yards, 12 yards actually. Nice run by Jones. Under center, and Rodgers fumbles it! Yeah, he fumbles it. Rodgers, what are you doing out there? He fumbles the football. It's like, I don't know if it was a bad snap. It didn't look like a bad snap to me. Rodgers is under center, and he just like snaps it. The center snaps it, and the ball just, like, gets kicked. Like, I feel like Rodgers had the football. And Raheem Mostert is running straight through the Green Bay Packers defense. They've given up. They've said no moss, no fuss. We'll go back home to Green Bay. Hey, hey, everybody who says Green Bay was one game away, they were like three. Look at this game again. It's 17-0 with two minutes left in the quarter. In the second quarter. It's about to be 20 to 0. Bang. 20 to 0. How can you tell me it was what they were one game away when the one game that they lost was like one of the worst performances of the season? And I get an ad break. One game away. Really? They were one game away. As I try to. Hold on. I can't believe this is still playing. Here we go. I'm like, this is what I was looking for. <clears throat> I'm still getting an ad break, by the way. All right. So, going back to Aaron Rodgers and how he is, Um, he's sucky. Ugh. Again that pass over the middle To uh, to number 13 I think his name is Hazard Second and 15 now They got Devontae Adams in the slot Rodgers throws Bad pass Bad pass Bang It's thrown horrendously Behind Geronimo Allison It looks like Geronimo w- like, Geronimo would have to slow down turn completely around and like reach out in full like extend to catch this football in its zone and it's just a bad throw he throws it like geronimo allison is running a go route and Rodgers throws behind the go route in its zone and the d and, and the db is right there it's just like again it's like a rookie i'm it's like i'm watching a rookie play football one game away now I remember this game I remember Now I'm starting to remember Just how badly The Packers played In this game And Raheem Morstead Runs in for another touchdown Now it's 27 to 0 Okay Now Okay Anything that Rodgers does At this point in time is Is futile It's useless It doesn't matter He's lost it It's 27-0 to There's no way he wins this So now he's gonna start Like I love how people talk about Dak Prescott Padding his stats And it's like his team is nowhere in this game And it's because of him You can't even tell me like the defense Like like, he's had like two or three turnovers this game And he's had like bad field position Because he's gotten sacked I don't know what Rodgers is doing right now And everybody says this about Aaron. Everybody says, like, Aaron is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. He's this and he's that. And it's like, talent doesn't mean anything when you play badly. And I feel like he's just winging it. You know? I feel like that's the case with with Rodgers. I'm like, he's just winging it. He's not really, like, playing towards a scheme. And I feel like this is what happened with Mike McCarthy. It's like, Mike McCarthy's like, I draw up these plays. We're going to run this style. And then it's just like Rodgers just runs around. The field and he wings it. It's like, this is who he is. So, of course, they're like, well, we'll draft a running back in the second round, we'll draft another quarterback who will do what we say because this is ridiculous. I'm watching this game. How's he one game away from the Super Bowl? How technically, yes, but he, he like, he wasn't in this game. Gotta love this. Offensive lineman, spike the football. Debo Samuels. Jesus Christ, he is explosive. All the running backs, not not even Debo, it's Emmanuel Sanders right now. Who's, (laughs) he's a short guy and he's just like yelling and screaming all over the place because they know they're going to the Super Bowl. They know like the defense can take a break, offense can take a break it's thirty three to seven by the way, Aaron Rodgers is about to score thirteen points thirty four to seven right bottom of the fourth quarter or bottom of the third quarter end of the third quarter it's thirty four to seven and I was like, man, this game was closer than I thought. no, it wasn't over the middle. Jimmy Graham catches it. It is caught for a touchdown, but again, it doesn't matter. Was he down? Eh, give it to him. Just give it to him. They don't. It's gonna be first and goal. And Aaron Jones touchdown. Green Bay. Who cares? Who cares? They're thirteen and three, right? Thirteen and three. But a lot of the games. Let me check out the games. Let me just make sure. After this, there shouldn't be any more highlights because it's, th- <laughs> it's gonna be. Th- like 20 to 37, Rodgers is going for it all, this is the type of throw that you need to see from Rodgers, beautiful ball to Devontae Adams, I mean, it was a bomb, a beauty, a teardrop, all the way down the field to Devontae Adams, throws it deep over the middle, it is caught, Devontae Adams is on a run, 10 minutes left, in the, you gotta make plays like that, and it's like, oh wait, it's Only when your team is down 21 points in the fourth quarter With 8 minutes and 20-something seconds left Where Aaron Rodgers wants to make a play Bang Bang, it's caught Nobody cares For a touchdown, by the way It's like, guess what? Um, You're still down by like 10 points, 14 points You're still down two scores Jimmy Garoppolo looks, fires, it's caught George Kittle, cross the middle Probably going to be saying that a lot Third and three Defense has got to make a play Flags fly P.I. It's just a lot of hand fighting Just let him play What are you doing? Let him play Let him play Garoppolo and company are doing their best To make sure that the Packers don't win Oh yeah, like the score is essentially What it's going to be at the end of the game Except the uh, the 49ers are going to To um, to score three more points So I don't even need to watch the rest Yeah, I don't even need to watch the rest Let me look up the Seattle game And also, let me check out the wins For Green Bay Kind am trying to just, get a feeling for how the Green Bay Packers played, how Aaron Rodgers played specifically when they won. Mm. It's kind of up and down, where it's like a lot of the games, a lot of the games that he's playing in, If I'm honest with you, some of his pass-rated games... Like, it's it's interesting that people talk about Dak Prescott beasting and feasting on the week. But so is Aaron Rodgers. It's like, I'm looking at some of these, these games, and it's like... The only hard games, essentially, that he had were Dallas, Philadelphia... And Kansas City. And, like, that's it. Like... Some people are going to say, well, what about the Vikings? What about the Vikings? The Vikings are okay. But against, like, okay teams, he was okay. Like, some of his numbers look great. For example, like 26 of 40 for 65% completion, but he only had 216 yards. And his pass rating was 68.3, which was significantly below average. And then that next week, the final game of the season against the um, the Lions, they won it. And by the way, the game against Minnesota, they won it as well, but Rodgers didn't play well. Detroit, they won it 23-20, but Rodgers again didn't play well. Against Washington, they won it. He played well enough to win, 195 yards, 96.6. Um, passer rating, Don't really need to talk about San Francisco. But against Carolina, they won that game 24-16, 84.4 passer rating. And it's like on and on and on where it's like these very, very low numbers when it comes to his pass rating. And it's like, wow, Rodgers did not play very well against most of the teams that he played up up against this last season, excuse me. And then on top of that, you also have to factor in the obvious that Aaron Rodgers was um was playing up against like Aaron Rodgers was very very favorable. It was very very easy. What what's the Packers schedule this year? Let me check it out. Let me check it out. Packers schedule I kind of just want to see uh, like the entire teams and stuff like that. Oh, they play the NFC South this year. <laughs> they play the NFC South, oh God, and they play the AFC um, South as well. Their schedule is doable. Like they play in a semi-easy division with Detroit and the Bears They play up against Carolina and the Falcons this year But they're also going to play up against Tampa Bay and the Saints They also play up against um, Houston and the Colts But they also are going to play up against Jacksonville and um, Tennessee Titans Which the Titans, they were good in the playoffs They were 9-7 and in the regular season So we'll see They also, because they were in a first-place schedule Get the luxury of playing up against teams um, that are in first place or that were in first place Like the, um, uh, the San Francisco 49ers Once again <laughs> And also they get to play up against the Eagles And hopefully Aaron Rodgers can beat the Eagles this time Instead of throwing an end zone interception Instead of throwing it to the pylon uh, To the guy running in the pylon route That was wide open and nobody saw it Great job, great job Where's my sip of water hold on hmm mm, mm. moving on to the Packers versus Seattle I'm guessing they're gonna run it a lot and Seattle won't be able to stop the run already that is true <laughs> Aaron Jones just ran like 20 uh, 20 yards and it's kind of the the philosophy that I talked about earlier on it's like when teams Specific identities are, hey, let's run the football, let's run the football, then sell out the run. Just sell out. Like, usually teams that are very, very run-conscious, like, there's very, very few teams that scheme, not scheme, but, like, actually run the ball really, really well. Speaking of running the ball really, really well and stopping the run, Jadavion Clowney came out of nowhere and destroyed Aaron Jones on, like, a play-action. Not a play-action play, but it was a, like... It was just a handoff. It looked like it was going to be play action. It's one of those plays where Rodgers lines up under center. Bang. Excuse me. And Jadavian Clowney destroys him. Rodgers looks, and it's caught Devontae Adams. Like, if he had played like that, if he had made that throw in the playoffs, wouldn't be having this discussion. What was the final score against Seattle? I don't score in Seattle I don't have it How do I not have it God. Here it is They win it 28-23 He had a great passer rating One of his best of the season by the way 113.3 113.7, excuse me. By the way, uh, right now I'm watching NFL Network. They are not sh- uh, Dak Prescott still has not signed the um, the franchise tag. But right now I'm watching Ceedee Lamb. I have some fancy footwork in a Dallas Cowboy helmet. He looks great. Not gonna lie, his footwork, all that good stuff. He was working. He was he was working, man. He was working. I love it. I love it. And they're doing a roster reset for the NFC East, which I don't even i don't even know what that means, but you know, whatever. Anyways, going back to the, to the Seattle versus the Packers game. How's Russell Wilson and uh, the Seahawks doing? Well, the Packers, they scored on their um, their opening drive, so it's doing good. Hollister fumbles the football, because of course he does. I do remember this play now. I'm like, wow, why can't he just hold on to the football? Please and thank you. What are they saying about CELM right now?
1: Right
0: now, Jane Slater is talking about the wide receiving core of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why they're having a segment called Ross reset for the NFC's. I don't, me personally, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'll just roll with it. So they're talking about the defense and all that good stuff. I thought they were going to have something interesting to say they didn't. It was pretty much essentially what I've echoed for like months, but let's continue watching Aaron Rodgers versus, um, Russell Wilson. It's weird how, like, in Seattle's case, they probably need to throw the football more than they need to run it. And in the Packers' case, they need to throw it, or not throw it, but run it more than they need to throw it. Like, that's how these teams win football games. And it's like, hey, maybe you get Russell Wilson some receivers, and maybe he's, like, a better quarterback like, you don't even need to sign receivers. You just need to go out and get receivers in free agency. Not free agency, excuse me, in um in the draft. There's a lot of them this year, and the Seahawks were like, we'll just draft a linebacker higher than we should, and um, that's it. And that's it. I don't even know if they got a wide receiver. It's like, can you name me Russell Wilson's wide receivers outside of Tyler Lockett and DJ, uh, DJ not DJ, but DK Metcalf, because I can't. I don't know who these guys are. I mean, I guess Hollister, but he's like, Hollister's like a flex player. Like he's a tight end and a um and a fullback. So I I don't know. I don't know. But how good is Rogers playing? I mean, he's playing. Let me check it out. Rogers looks, fires, it's caught. Great job. Like, to be honest with you. This is kind of the Aaron Rodgers that I would expect to see Like he's just making smart decisions But I don't know who that guy was that I saw in those other two like games With San Francisco And that's kind of like my point with Aaron is like I feel like he's on a decline because I've seen Aaron Rodgers play great I've seen him play beautifully And then there are other times where I'm just like Wow Aaron Rodgers is just not playing well at all like you can't look at those Green Bay games against San Francisco And tell me like oh yeah the, the, the defense was the issue The offensive line was the issue It's like there are ways to avoid the rush And he's just not avoiding it I was like Rodgers doesn't necessarily seem like the best Maybe not like the best but like he's Like he's playing the best And he possibly can I guess As we watch Russell Wilson sling it I love Pete Carroll as a head coach But man the Seahawks have done nothing to help this dude out <laughs> Like if they, they haven't given him his offensive Like literally Like this is a, Like Pete Carroll is essentially like um, Bill O'Brien If Bill O'Brien was like If Bill O'Brien was actually like a good head coach And if he had won a Super Bowl <laughs> and the field goal kicker shanks a 50 yarder which it's like it happens and that's for seattle not for green bay man second and 7 now yeah Rodgers is playing very very well i don't know if it's just his decision making i don't know i don't know what it was but it it just man against those 49er games he just he was not playing well at all. There it is, face mask. Thank you. Uh, uh. Like the Jadavion Clowney literally ripped the, not the offense, but the uh, the freaking Oh, no, that wasn't a face mask. He just grabbed him around the helmet. Not on the mask, but just like on the side. It's a big move played by Jadavion Clowney. Oh my God like literally like what happens to the uh the Packers in another week happens happened to Russell Wilson like this week in this game where he's just like it's over before the half it's 21 to three before the half but Russell Wilson is doing a way better job of like avoiding the pressure and trying to make a play. For his football team But even like Even then like The Packers defense Is still getting on top of him And shutting down the run And shutting down the pass And it's like Well you're Down by like 20 something points Like There's really not a lot You can do here But Russell Wilson Is using his feet To make plays He's making like Smart plays Even though he's getting sacked His offensive line Is not very good But 13 seconds They gotta clock it Clock Clock Out of timeouts, trying to get quick points here. Russell Wilson winds up. He's going for the Hail Mary here. It is incomplete. Quarter over, doesn't matter. Seahawks will get the ball in the second half. Wilson, this is the game. I do remember a lot of this game because usually a lot of the times during the season, Russell Wilson won't run. With the football, but now, like, he has to Whenever nobody's open down the field He's like, I can't get sacked So let me just, like, if nobody's open I gotta run, I gotta make a play for the team Let me snuff out my candle It's been going for well over an hour Third and four, Hollister Almost gets the first down I completely forgot that Marshawn Lynch was, like In these games Oh, yeah, and Oh, no, they don't give it to Marshawn It's a rollout Tyler Lockett Does he get it No he doesn't It's gonna be first and goal They will give it a beast mode here And this is when I was like Oh my god Beast mode is still beast mode (laughs) It's like on the one yard line And it's like Like I can't I can't believe beast mode is like Like I, I, I I cannot believe he could still get one yard Is Marshawn a Hall of Famer I think he is Just throwing some stuff out there while I'm watching Seahawks, is the Seahawks' defense get destroyed? Wonders looks Scott Devontae Adams Flowers, and it's a touchdown. <laughs> like, yep, there it is once again. Second and eight. Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson looks, bang, bang, it's caught, not doing a great job setting this up, pretty much it's 28-10, to 10. Russell Wilson is having to start to make plays, Marshawn Lynch is in like these goal line situations not in these goal lines but in these like red zone situations beautiful job by Russ like now it's like now now you start to think if the defense can get a stop here which pretty much the entirety of the team has invested in the defense it's like in kJ Wright and Bobby Wagner it's like if you guys can make a play for Russ free play Russell Wilson can start delivering delivering the football to his guys and he does. And now you're starting to see It's like oh wait They're down two scores But they're starting The offense is starting To get into a rhythm here Into a flow Second and ten Which is why I was like Russell may be able To make a comeback here Even though I think At the half It was like 21 to three It's now 28 to 17 Oof Russell takes a big hit Second and five Running back Homer Keep in mind All of their running backs Are hurt So they have to like Go back and get Marshawn and all these other dudes. Marshawn, fucking beast mode. Once again, it's like, how does he? How does he do that? Now it's going to be twenty three to twenty eight. If they hit this two point, oh god, doesn't see the pressure come off. Cornerback blitz. Jahir Alexander. All they got to do is stop. Get, get one more play. Third and ten. They convert Geronimo Allison for the first down, second and eight. They got to just make a play. Just one play. Make one play. Rodgers looks. He's going to run for it. Ooh. They hit him across the head. First down, though. Third and nine. Ooh, they send the Griffin brothers on a blitz. Beautiful job by the Griffin brothers. I do remember this play. I was like, it, it, "It looks like it looks like one of the Griffin brothers, Shaquem. I think that's what his name is, and Shaquille. Shaquille, Shaquille I think, is the corner. Shaquem is the uh, <clears throat> is a linebacker. So they send Shaquem on a blitz. They send the Griffin brothers both on a blitz, and um, it, it looks like it's man to man, but it's really not. It's just it's just a blitz. They're gonna rush both the linebacker and the corner on a blitz, and it's a stunt kind of because Shaquem runs." inside, Shaquille runs outside, and it's just, it's just easy money, easy money, and they get both, and they get them, both of them do, the brothers, they get both of them, easy money, Seattle has a chance to make a comeback here, and to win the football game, let's see what Russ, mm. let's see what Russ does here, Marshawn is in on every single play, by the way, pretty much for pass protection, bang, how do you not catch that, it hits your, Right in your chest. Wilson. Looks. Looks. Pressure. Doesn't feel it. Third and five. Ball game. Got to get rid of it. He knows. He's got to know that he doesn't have any time. They punt it instead of going for it. That's a bad decision. Rodgers looks. He looks. Incomplete. Let's see what he does next. They're going, they're not going, I mean, it's 3rd and 8. I was about to say they're going for it on 3rd and 8. He lobs it for Devontae Adams. It's caught. Ball game. Ball game. That's it. 3rd and 9 now. Wilson looks over the middle. Caught Jimmy Grant. First down, That now that's ball game. That's ball game, right there. Is it? I mean, it's going to be 4th and short, but... Even if it isn't fourth and short, it's, it's going to be essentially over with. Yeah, okay. That's when the video ends. As my keyboard falls. <sighs> did Aaron Rodgers have a great season last season? I mean, team-wise, yes. Yeah, he had a great season, like, win-wise and as a team and stuff like that. But will I say, like, individually, did he have a great season? Uh, no, not really It's like the more you look at some of their most important games The more you're like Hmm He, he hasn't really played That well as, as shocking as it is to say As scary as it sometimes is to say It's like, hmm It kind of makes sense that I hate to say it And I kind of laughed at it when they did it But I'm like It kind of makes sense That The Green Bay Packers Drafted another quarterback On top of having Aaron Rodgers Cause it's like Some of their most important games He kind of just Looked lost Other games He really didn't Like He really didn't Like help out the team that much It was like Of course you would Double up on running backs Get another one Get a quarterback Develop Aaron Hey, Adams, I, maybe it's because I freaking saw way too much of good morning football this morning. But she kept on reiterating that the Green Bay Packers were like one game away from the playoffs. Not from the playoffs, excuse me. One game away from the Super Bowl. They were one game away. They were 13-3 and three and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm watching a lot of their football games. Maybe not a lot, but some of their biggest football games. Like, wow, Aaron Rodgers wasn't that significant. Wasn't that significant Like I pretty much Could have swapped him out For a lot of other Quarterbacks in this league And they probably still Would have won 10 plus games Let's talk about something else Let me take a swig of my water first I gotta pee again It's like how do I gotta pee I, I mean, I've, I've dr- I drank how, how much did I drink I drunk I think a cup no, not of juice. I don't know what I drank. I also had like a big cup of not a cup, but like a big bowl of of milk to go with my cereal today. Got another article. I don't wanna read. What is it? Hold on, let me find it. <clears throat> So apparently the Dallas Cowboys are stunned by Dak's stance on length of contract. This has been reported. I don't want to, like, have this inch. Oh. Oh, okay. This is from Mike Florio. Okay. No, never mind. (laughs) I'm like, oh, and it's literally only two paragraphs. I read that article. It was a bad article. It's, It's just weird and bad information, in my opinion. It's like Dallas should not be stunned. Anyways. Let me continue forward. Um, with uh, apparently this bad news for Eagles in Jamal Adams sweepstakes. This is another article. Oh no no no! They're just quoting the um the Dallas thing. Oh my god! I can't believe how how people freaking like take this information and just turn it in from from one thing to another and stuff like that. I'm like, wow! This, like this is just terrible. <laughs> I'm like, this is just. Oh my god, dude. I got another article that I got to read after the podcast is over with. Talked for like an hour about Aaron Rodgers. Let's kind of circle back to the Dallas Cowboys. Really, to be honest with you, I'm kind of stalling for information. Like, I'm stalling to see whether or not the Dallas Cowboys will sign Dak to a multi-year deal, which they have not done yet. And it's like, I thought they were going to do it by now. They have not. Excuse me So I'm kind of just waiting And stalling a little bit And they have not done anything Okay So this is weird So let me talk about Jamal Adams here For a couple of minutes But first Let me open with this I got a piece sometime soon, but I'll hold off. But here's um, here's the video that has everybody up in arms about Jamal Adams, and this is him essentially being like, "I want to go to." This is essentially Jamal Adams saying like, "Hey guys, um, I want to go to the Dallas Cowboys." Like he's in a freaking Mercedes Benz SUV and he's at like a shopping center. How the fuck did this guy find him? And he's like, Jamal, 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 come to Dallas, come to... And Jamal says, I'm trying, this is him right now. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? What's up, we, just, hey, you coming to Dallas? I been, I'm trying, bro. All right. What's up, bro? That's literally what has everybody in a frenzy, where I think that happened like Sunday, where this dude rolls down his window, and, he, and you can barely even hear it, but he's like, bro, come to Dallas. He's like, bro, i am trying. <laughs> then he tries up. It's like, it's literally eight seconds. I'll play it again. Hey! What's up, bro? Hey, you coming to Dallas? Hey, man, I'm trying, bro. Alright. That's literally it. And you can barely hear it. I don't know how people took that, took that and ran with it. But here here's here's a thread from Jane Slater about um about Jamal Adams, and I'll take a quick bathroom break after. Or should I take a a bathroom break right now? I'll take another one... And then I'll come back and I'll read you... uh, Some of her... Some of her, like... Some of her stuff. Hold on. I gotta freaking find another one. I'm just gonna do this. As I get another ad... Before yet another advertisement. Man, like... I've probably played more advertisements... And watched more advertisements than actual videos today on the podcast, but ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in the next couple of minutes to talk about what Jane Slater tweeted about Jamal Adams. 24th's podcast will be back in a couple of minutes. I don't know what just happened, but I just like freaking muted it. As soon as the song ended. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, twenty fours podcast, after yet again another quick bathroom break. <clears throat> um we were just going over Jane Slater's um tweet. The reason why I'm I'm referencing Jane Slater is that she's she is in one of my in my opinion, one of the best inside reporters, inside reporters besides uh, Mike Fisher for the Dallas Cowboys. So pretty much Anything that she says, within reason, I tend to believe there's very, very few people that have, like, that sway over me, but yes, like, she, she's great at her job, and she's, like, one of the only, like, she's essentially the the key, like, correspondent, maybe not the key correspondent, but, like, the actual, what is it, the main correspondent between the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL and the NFL Network, so I trust her more than I trust a lot of other people, but um there's also other people that I trust but whenever she says something it's it's pretty accurate. So she tweets this out. A few additional notes on the Jamal Adams situation as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys according to a source close to the situation and this was about like 34 minutes ago. A thread there is a trust issue with the Jets now. He felt like he has been a team first guy even when the even with coaching changes. Two, he was told they would redo his deal and haven't, making him wonder how committed they are to him. Three, he's willing to bend as suggested on the contract and has even considered the money he can make up for whatever he bends on in the Dallas market. Then four, and then there's five threads. Four, not five threads, Four, um, there's there's six notes Four, I'm told off the field he's the type of guy that puts family first One of the first to leave a party event Or party early, excuse me Six, or five, excuse me Dallas' hometown is desired destination Six, not much new here But worth noting the Ben part Because Dallas haven't been overly interested in giving up much A lot of interesting stuff to unpack here. <clears throat> so I know that Jane just said in her Twitter threads, um, she said, what was it? In her sixth part, that not much new here, but worth noting the Ben part because da 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 There's a lot of, maybe not new stuff, but significant stuff. Because I did not know That the Jets made him a deal Or that they were going to redo his contract Which explains why he is so adamant About getting their contract Getting his contract redone Because they told him he would And that makes a lot more sense Why he's just like, bro, I'm not playing I will hold out I will not play Because I will get what I deserve I pay what I will be paid What I am owed It makes a lot more sense now that he's like, bro, where's my money? You told me you were gonna give me my money, and they still have not given him his money. Makes a lot of sense from Jamal when it's like, oh wait, that, you know, like this is why they were supposed to give him his money. This is why he's so consistent and so, like, and so freaking like aggressive about getting his contract done. And this also brings credence to what I have been saying for the last couple of weeks. I've been saying this. If Jamal Adams wants to come to Dallas, he's probably going to have to take a pay cut. He wants to come to Dallas. I think Dallas wants him. I want want Jamal Adams. But there's no way I'm paying a first-round draft pick, especially when I know he wants out. And also that I probably have to max out his contract. Like something has got to give. Either Jamal Adams is going to have to take like a significant pay cut because we're going to have to give up a first round draft pick or the Jets are going to have to give a lot. Like they're going to have to be like, yeah, we'll take a second rounder for one of the best safeties in the league because we then have to sign him to a very large deal. Or probably more specifically, he'll probably have to take a pay cut. The reality is, Jamal Adams is still in play for the Dallas Cowboys. He will be in play for the Dallas Cowboys until the trade deadline and slash or until... Maybe not until, but maybe... Like, like, here's the thing about Jamal Adams. The only way, in my opinion, that he becomes a Cowboy before the trade deadline is essentially if he if the Dallas Cowboys are starting to struggle... With this season or if the Jets aren't playing very well. That's kind of how I see it. I don't see Jamal being a cowboy and playing for the Cowboys unless Jamal, unless somebody gives. And I feel like with what she said, with um, he's willing to bend as suggested on the contract and has even considered the money he can make up for whatever he bends on in the Dallas market. So essentially it's that same old thing where it's like if you're a Dallas cowboy you'll make a lot more money. It's like how much money are you willing to bend on? How much? How much? Holy shit. I just read but let me let me let me talk about something serious for like a couple of minutes. I wasn't gonna talk about this because this is NASCAR and I'm not like I, I don't know anything about NASCAR. But um Yesterday in Bubba Wallace's like um garage. Hold on, let me look this up. So, Holy shit This is really really big Let me Hold on Let me Let me Let me look something up I I was gonna read this article After the podcast But like Something interesting Flashed across My screen And I gotta talk about this So before I talk about it Let me talk about this So On Sunday Yesterday think for the Talladega race it was supposed to come on Sunday it was raining it was pouring I mean it's still raining right now and it was supposed to be on Sunday or Saturday but rain prevented that from happening so it didn't happen and somebody from Bubba Wallace's camp or crew or whatever went into his garage and found a noose in his garage now keep in mind Bubba Wallace is the only black, I was about to say player, but driver, in NASCAR, I only only one, and a noose was found hanging in his garage. What does that mean? Well, usually when you're black and you find a noose there, it usually means, like, it's usually a signal for, we're gonna lynch you. Lynching is obviously the, um, is, is, the is, is essentially when an angry mob Usually of white people go in Usually of white supremacists go in They take a black dude And they lynch him And by lynch they hang him from a tree From a pole From whatever and by hang Hang him from his throat Why would he do that? Why would they do that? Well for um For pretty much any reason Like Emmett Till is a pretty great Example of it where I think there's still photos online That you can find of like the lynching of Emmett Till Where there's just this huge angry mob And Emmett Till is hanging from a tree And they cut Emmett, ten, Emmett Till down And they take him and they throw him into a coffin gin uh, Not coffin, cotton gin And then they throw his body in a lake And then the, and then, he's a potty, and then somebody finds his body downstream And they have a, a open casket funeral for Emmett Till Like lynching has a lot of like stigma behind it specifically towards the like you just don't put a noose out in front of a white dude, right? It's specifically targeted for this race. So Bubba Wallace gets um Bubba Wallace gets a noose hanged in his uh in his garage, which is a pretty serious thing. As much as people if anyone wants to downplay that, that is asinine. Like that's that's essentially a threat, right? Because nobody else is hanging nooses or uses the noose in that way. Like, that's, that's a really, really serious thing. If people want to downplay that, they're idiots. That's ridiculous. Then ESPN comes out with this article saying, Racing icon Richard Petty will attend Monday's NASCAR Cup Series race at Talladega Super Speedway to stand in solidarity with Bubble Wallace. Petty decided to travel to Alabama Speedway after a noose was found in Wallace's garage stall Sunday. Sources tell Smith that Petty said, Petty, excuse me, said the most important thing for me right now is hugging my driver. Petty later issued a statement on Twitter, Twitter, excuse me, condemning the racist act. The race was postponed from Sunday because of inclement weather. That was the rain. It's still raining where I am, probably not in Alabama. It will mark the first race that Petty, 82, attends since the sport was shut down because of the coronavirus. Wallace, who is black, drives the number 43 Chevrolet for Richard Petty Motorsports. Wallace said in a statement Sunday that he was incredibly saddened by the act. Authorities said Monday, and this is the part that flashed across my screen, that the FBI is investigating the discovery of the noose, and the governor of Alabama condemned the act against Wallace, who is NASCAR's only full-time black driver. Former NASCAR driver Dale, Earn, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. also took to Twitter to offer his support for the Wallace for Wallace, excuse me, in the wake of Sunday's incident. Wallace, two weeks ago, successfully pushed to ban the Confederate flag at NASCAR venues, though the sanctioning body was not allowed was, was not, has not outlined, excuse me, plans on how it will enforce the restriction. Hours after the race was postponed by rain, NASCAR said the news had been found. The sanctioning body vowed to do everything possible to find who was responsible and eliminate them from the sport. It is not offered other details. Continuing forward, Talladega Country Sheriff Jimmy... Kilgore, that's an awesome last name, said NASCAR contacted the FBI, which was handling the investigation. The FBI field office in Birmingham, probably Alabama, did not immediately return a message by the Associated Press. Alabama governor, da-da-da-da-da-da, there's no place for this disgusting display of hatred in our state. Bubba Wallace is one of us. He is a native of Mobile, probably Alabama, And on behalf of all Alabamians, I apologize to Bubba Wallace as well as to his family and friends for the hurt this has caused and our regret the mark this leaves on our state. A lot of information, to process. Jesus Christ. The FBI is investigating this. So it seems like, um, I don't know if criminal... I I don't know if anything will be laced or targeted towards um towards whoever did this, but yeah, if the FBI is getting involved, if the FBI, this is some pretty serious shit. I mean, technically speaking, you could name you could like market this, not market this, but you could like label this as a threat. Slash a terroristic threat Yes, you could Yes, you 1000% could Let me look up Terroristic threat Really, really quickly Terror Let me look up the definition Uh so this is oh, that's that's like a Pennsylvania. Let me kind of just I'm gonna read this on Cornell's site. So this is Cornell Law School. A person who is guilty of a misdemeanor if he or she threatens to commit any crime of violence with purpose to terrorize another or to cause evacuation of a building place of assembly or facility of public transportation or otherwise to cause serious public inconvenience or in reckless disregard of the risk of causing such terror or inconvenience. There's multiple ways that hanging a noose in a black dude's garage could essentially terrorize another person because there's, again, a racial stigma to that. Um, whoever did this could be charged for a terroristic threat. Just want to put that out there. The FBI is investigating that. So if you're the uh, the person that did that, expect the FBI to be knocking on your door anytime soon. <clears throat> so I was talking about Jamal Adams before Bubba Wallace, you know, the whole Bubba Wallace thing and the FBI getting involved. Let me take a swig of my water first. Hold on. Talking about Jamal Adams essentially becoming the uh, A-safety. Not the safety, but A-safety for the Dallas Cowboys. Also, Jane Slater. She has been very busy tweeting. As we approach 1 p.m., this is from Jane Slater. As we approach 1 p.m., Dak Prescott still hasn't signed his exclusive franchise tag as we expected today. What does all this mean? I don't know. Roster reset. Okay, well, well, what does all this mean, Jane? Are you going to break it down for me? Are you going to tell me what's up? Hold on, hold on. I don't have my headphones in. Let me you know it's really what hard mean? to say, Andrew, yeah, and it's really amazing. Sake.
1: God damn it! Completely divisive.
0: Twitter is acting a fool today. I apologize. Let me plug in my he- my headphones really, really quickly. By plugging my headphones, I mean put my earbuds in my ears. All right, here we go.
1: You know it's really hard to say, Andrew, and it's really amazing how completely divisive.
0: This is as loud as it's going to get because uh, their sound is janked up. Excuse me. Actually. Give me like two seconds. Give me like two seconds. All right, I've, I found a way to turn it up. Let me just do this. Okay. Okay, so it's going to sound weird. It's not my audio. It's their audio. Just want to put that out there. It's not my fault, but I found a way to raise it up a little bit. So here is Jane Slater with Andrew Siciliano talking today about um, what it means that he has not signed his exclusive tag.
1: You know, it's really hard to say, Andrew, and it's really amazing how completely divisive the issue of Dax money is, even just within the Cowboys fan base. I see it on my Twitter timeline and on social media, and, and you're hearing it out there. Yes, there is an expectation that he is going to sign this exclusive franchise tag today, although I should point out that right before we came on air, uh, I checked in. That has not happened yet. So this has got a lot of people wondering, why do it now? Does this mean that they're close? It's honestly very hard to say, and just talking to my – sources close to this situation it doesn't seem like they're any closer on the years or their money that they uh, were a couple of months ago but again the goal here is still a long-term deal and of course they have until july 15th to, to do that what i think is very interesting is you know andy dalton has been in these virtual meetings those of course have wrapped up i was told that he was incredibly engaged and and obviously clicking is with his teammates but If you talk to Dak Prescott's teammates, they will very publicly tell you, I'm talking about guys like Leighton Vandrash, Ezekiel Elliott. They believe Dak Prescott should get paid. They want him in the building. But by signing this exclusive franchise tag, when he does, it does say that he will be the starting quarterback and will show up at camp on time as a result of getting that done.
0: So that's Jane Slater. That was a whole lot of nothing, if I'm honest with you. I was like, wow, that's... I thought it would be better than that, but it was, uh, it was was nothing. Wow. But, yeah, he's still not signed his his tag yet. I thought he was going to sign it early on in the morning. Maybe he'll sign it later on. We're not going to worry about it that much, especially when I still have, like, a lot of stuff to talk about. Going back to Jamal Adams after Bubba Wallace in that short. Like, she just tweeted out twice. It's like, I got to talk about it. Because I thought she had something interesting to say. She did. She did. She did not. So, <clears throat> the whole Jamal Adams thing. Is any of this stuff important? Does any of this mean anything? The, you know, the um, the, the trust issue—not the trust issue, but uh, but is is all of this stuff important? What does this mean for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, it kind of confirms my theory, and Jane kind of broke down one of my theories that I had—that they were close to getting the contract done. I still think they are. I know that she said that they're not as close. Um, they're, they're not any closer than when they were months ago, which it's like, all right. I still think they are getting closer because it's like Dak has no reason, especially with virtual, like virtual training camp and stuff like that over with. It's like either they're close or they are trying to get somebody you know, signed or something. And Dak is like, or it's a good faith movement, or I, I don't know. It's got to be something. Because it's, it's not nothing that he signs a franchise tag because he just gave up all of, his, all of his leverage that he has in negotiations. Just gave everything up. It's like, why would he sign it? Technically, he still hasn't signed it. But why would he sign it yet? When he, there's, there's no reason to. But anyway, it's going back to Jamal Adams But yes, Jamal Adams is so in play right now He is completely he He is still in play To become a Dallas Cowboy The only issue is He's going to have to take less And the Giants are going to have to take Not the Giants, the Jets are going to have to take less Because I'm not paying a first rounder Like let's say he gets all the way to free agency I think he's under contract for like the next two years Let's say he gets all the way under contract To free agency, right? His contract runs out They tagged him twice Why wouldn't I just wait Till free agency Or worse yet Let's just say I wait until Like let's say he gets traded away Doesn't the problem still like Doesn't it Isn't it the exact same thing It's like oh wait We still gotta move off of Jamal We still gotta find a place You know I I think it's still the situation I still I still think it's still the case They've gotta be better the Jets either have to leverage this right now and get a second rounder. I'm not paying a fucking first, but they got like they got to do something. Cannot just be that, you know, um we're just going to keep on keeping on with what we got. Cuz right now, the Jets, they sh- they should 1000% be in rebuild and this is something that I talked about when they failed to trade um Jamal Adams last season. Recognize like if you're a team that's in rebuild mode and you're trying to – and you have your quarterback or you think you have your quarterback, the first thing that you have to do is build an offensive line. The second thing that you have to do is get him some uh, – like a running back, which you've already done, and some wide receivers, right? So what happens now with Jamal Adams is that he is an asset that it's like he, – he, he's a luxury that you can't really afford. It's like if he was a pass rusher and by a pass rusher, I mean like an actual pass rusher, like a defensive end. I know he had six sacks last season. Let me check his numbers. I don't know if he had six sacks the season before that But I know that he had six sacks Last season Yeah, he had 3.5 the season before that And then two So his sacks have been going up He's only had two interceptions His entire career Which is bad Very, very bad <clears throat> but he got his sacks up His his tackles last season were 75 And um, the season before that in 2018 They were 115 So We'll see We'll see about Jamal We'll see about Jamal But do I think that Dallas could potentially make a move now And feel comfortable making a move If he takes a pay cut Because again What Jane Slater said was he's willing to bend as suggested on the contract and has even considered the money he can make up for whatever he bends on in the Dallas market. Do I think that that is 1,000% in play? Oh, yeah. They got to get the Dak deal done first. And he technically can't start negotiating with the Dallas Cowboys. Technically, he can't. But, you know, there's funny ways of Negotiating via agents and friends and other people like that And people who are quote-unquote not associated with the teams And slash, or there's just ways to just figure it out By just breaking the rules and negotiating with teams and stuff like that So, anyways A lot of, a lot of ways that um, That you can get Jamal Adams Or not get Jamal Adams Does Dallas need Jamal Adams? No, they don't But is he a luxury that you may want? Yes, of course It's kind of like buying a car, right? In reality You don't really need a car You don't really need anything more than like a Toyota Camry In reality But if you're rich enough If you're wealthy enough If you're well off You can be like, you know what? I don't really want a Toyota Camry I want to drive a Maserati I want to get a Porsche Right? You can get a Porsche Jamal Adams is a Porsche What Dallas has right now Is a is a, is Ha Clinton Dix Who's a Camry You know He gets you from point A to point B But not really in style Jamal Adams will get you from point A to point B in style That's all you really need But I think it's very much in play I think he is very much in play But Will it get done? I think the most important thing is that the Dallas Cowboys get Dak Prescott His deal done We'll see about that Later on Hopefully today And by we, I mean me Because I am almost done with this podcast I mean, I've been talking for two and a half hours It's like, you'd think I'd be tired by now I'm, I'm It's only one o'clock Only one o'clock Technically it's 1.22 But it's, it's one o'clock Anyways Um Final thing I got to talk about here today Des Bryant going to X team So 49ers They have Brandon Ayuk And they have um, That's kind of it They would have had Debo Samuels But he's gone For like 12 to 16 weeks They also got rid of Emmanuel Sanders He is now gone permanently from the team They need a wide receiver And it gave me this idea Because Excuse me Because Dez um, Somebody tweeted at Dez That 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 you should go That he should have gone to the 49ers And Dez was like uh, tweeted out Like these winking eyes Or these like wide open eyes I don't know what specifically they were called But now I kind of put together a list of other teams That I felt need a wide receiver at, Not at but specifically of Dez's caliber A number one guy Potentially a guy that could play And be your number two And there's a lot of them There's 11 teams in fact That I feel I could need a Dez Bryant There are the Patriots The Packers Obviously the 49ers The Dolphins, the Panthers The Jets, the Saints, the Lions The Texans, the Bengals, and the Jags In my opinion Most if not all of those teams Have subpar number ones or subpar receivers And I think Des Bryant now Would be probably better Than most of the people that you got on your team Probably be better. Let's kind of go individually down team by team and we'll talk about it. God, I got to pee again, but I'll hold it in. Let's kind of talk about the teams that could potentially make Des Bryant a member of their team. All right. So, first and foremost, we got the Patriots, the New England Patriots. Now, you got two tight ends in the draft. Instead of drafting, I don't know, a wide receiver, that's essentially what you got. So, you, so you're going to get two tight ends in the draft, no wide receivers. Well, maybe you want to get a veteran wide receiver. This is where Des Bryant comes into play. And Julian Edelman last season was banged up. He didn't have... He didn't have essentially what he not. He didn't have, but he wasn't very healthy, and obviously Tom Brady didn't have anybody to throw the football to outside of Julian. So it's like now you got two tight ends. Now you got Des Bryant. You don't really need Des Bryant to be 2014 Des, but Des Bryant of like 2016 to help take the pressure off would be okay. The only issue is if Des Bryant is a handful, handful excuse me to deal with in the locker room, which I feel like Julian Edelman would. Shut that shit down so quickly Because he's, he's the man I think he's a three time Super Bowl champ Two time Two or three time Two time Three time Three time Super Bowl champion He's like bro Shut up I got three rings Dez You tripping bro I feel like Julian is the great yin To Dez Bryant's yang I also think Bill Belichick Wouldn't put up with it But Dez Bryant I think would be a really, really nice fit for the Patriots. Who do they have? Oh, yeah, they also have Nikhil Harry. So, yeah, Dez Bryant. I mean, depending on if Dez would be... Not Dez, but it, it, it would depend on if Julian would be a third guy, which maybe or maybe not. But I feel like Dez would be perfect for that team. He would be the number two guy. He would go up against number two corners. Julian Adelman would be the number three guy. He would go up against number three guys. And you and depending on how good Dez is... is You could motion. You could motion him. Excuse me, inside or outside. Dez could be a really, really nice receiver for you. We'll see. We'll see about the Patriots. Packers is pretty obvious. They don't got a damn wide receiver either. They didn't draft one. They didn't get. I think they got um, a quarterback in the first round and a running back in the second round. And then by the third round, I who did they get in the third? Please tell me they got a receiver in the third. Because they needed a wide receiver. Cause it's like all their guys coming back. I, I don't know who they are. Oof God. It was a snooze fest. That draft. For the Packers. It was like there's nothing to get excited for if you're a Packers fan. So they got Jordan Love. What's the announcement? Oh. That's super clickbaity I thought it was about Dak It was about something else They got a tight end A linebacker A guard A center A guard And a safety Wow That sucks <laughs> I'm like wow That sucks So they didn't get a wide receiver in the draft Well you need a wide receiver You just let go of Geronimo Allison I don't think a rookie third string Not a third string, a third rounder At tight end is going to come in and Do very much for you, and also You're missing like a piece or two From last year's offensive line So now you're worse on the offensive line You're worse, you're way worse At wide receiver, and You have rookies starting at tight end Like, Get your damn quarterback a damn wide receiver Des is probably going to have a little bit More responsibility on that football team but, um, it could be kind of toxic. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you it, it could be it could be kind of dangerous, kind of toxic in the sense of it's like Des Bryant and Aaron Rodgers on the exact same team, two very, very you know two guys with a lot of ego on both sides, um not on both sides of the team, but two guys with egos on that offense. It's like you got to have somebody to control them. Dak was the dude that controlled Des. In Dallas But man like If it gets out of hand It would get out of hand pretty quickly But I would really really like it If Des went to the Packers Because he would go with a veteran quarterback Really I would like it if Des. Before I was like Des could probably go back to the Dallas Cowboys But he would be a third string guy Not a third string I keep saying third string I mean he would be the third option He would be the third guy He'd be the guy that would be operating in the slot. It's like, how much how much experience does Dez actually have working in the slot? I know some people are going to pull up tape and be like, look, here's Dez working in the slot in this particular year. Here's another year. But it's like, the percentages. How often does Dez Bryant work in the slot? The reality is, not that much. Again, he has worked in the slot. That's not the question. The question is, primarily, has he worked in the slot? The answer is no. He's worked outside. He's an outside guy. He's a 50-50 ball guy. Like, what, was the, what, was, what were the reasons why Des Bryant got cut by the Dallas Cowboys? In one-on-one, man-to-man situations, he could not get separation. That is not me saying that. That is what Will McClay, the director of player personnel, the dude that pretty much makes the drafts for the Cowboys, that's what he said. He's like, we let go of Des because he couldn't get separation against one on one. Man to man coverage. Right? Now, can he do that now with his route running? Has his route running in the last two years gotten better? I hope so. Cause he's too old to, to be <laughs> to be jumping up in the air like a bald eagle. It's like he needs to work on his route running. He, that's what he needs to do. If not, he's gonna have a hard time at like age thirty, going up in the air trying to snatch up a football like he was in his early twenties. But would I have liked to have him on the Cowboys originally? Yeah Would I have now? We'll see We'll see Moving on 49ers, obviously they are a team that I would love Love um, Des Bryant to go to Because I feel like 49ers They don't have a number one wide receiver anymore Maybe besides Brandon Ayuk But we'll see Dolphins, yeah Dolphins need a number one wide receiver as well I think they have Devontae Parker, and that's kind of it, but I'm not really sure. He's like their best wide receiver on the team, but I don't necessarily know how good he is in relation to the league. Let's check that out really, really quickly. Let's see how good he is in relation to everybody else in the league. Yeah, you know, how many? How many? Oh, he's been in the league for a good five years. Uh, last season was his best season by far nine touchdowns, 1,200 yards, 72 receptions. All of the years he's been playing with, um, with the Dolphins. Yeah, I, this could actually work out very, very well. That's why they didn't draft a wide receiver. I was like, why didn't they get a wide receiver in the first or the second or third round potentially? I was like, oh, they have Devontae Parker who's Actually pretty decent, and who is horrendously underrated. I didn't know he was this good, to be honest with you. I thought he was just okay. No, he has 1,200 yards. That's a lot of yards. And he's 27, so he's just kind of in his peak right now. He's still in his peak. Dude, like, yeah, go out and get Dez. And then I don't know who the third guy is, and I don't really care. Devontae Parker. Yeah, go, go out and get Dez. Panthers... They have DJ Moore and that's kind of it I don't know who their other guys are You need help in the passing game And you need explosive plays in the passing game If you're Carolina That's what you need You need dudes that are going to probably catch the ball And get yak Get yards after catch Because Teddy Bridgewater I don't necessarily know how often he's going to uncork it I don't necessarily know how how much He's going to be aggressive with the football I don't know It seems like Teddy Bridgewater As much as people want to talk to me about How Dak is dink and dunk Dunking and stuff like that I don't I don't think Dak is as much of a dink and dunker As Teddy Bridgewater You need dudes that are going to have quick passes Or or, or, Not quick passes That are going to have to catch the ball quickly And turn it up the field Or You could Use the guy that you got from the XFL P.J. Walker As soon as P.J. Walker starts a football game I hope he wins Teddy... I hope he wins a starting job. If Teddy Bridge... Not Teddy Bridgewater. P.J. Walker wins a starting job away from Teddy Bridgewater. Let me tell you something. I'm going to watch... What's, what's Carolina's first game? What's their first game? I'm going to start watching Carolina football games. You think I will? I might. What is their schedule? Because I will start... Oh, it's against the Raiders? Oh, yeah. If it's against... And it's in Carolina. If they start playing games against the Raiders and if... And if you know who, P.J. Walker, is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to start watching that football game. I cannot wait for this dude to come on the scene and shock the world, baby. Cannot wait. But going back to Dez. Um, Panthers could be an ideal location for him. I don't necessarily know if he wants to go to Carolina. Definitely the Panthers are definitely an option for him to go to If he wants to play there It just depends on what he wants to do What he wants to do Moving on Jets Jets are pretty much in the same situation as all the other teams that I just listed They need a number one They have question marks at the wideout position Yes, Denzel Mims is a question mark because of his Because he's a rookie so it's like how many yards is he going to get so what you can probably do hold on here's what i would do if i was the jets let me go to the bathroom really really quickly once again probably for the final time this podcast and then i will be um and then i'll be back to cast the rest of this podcast but i like i don't know what's wrong with me i feel like it's because i drank a lot of water yesterday and today or a lot of liquids so, I got to like constantly pee like every five freaking minutes. But, um, frick sake, man. I'll be back. Nothing has happened just yet. But trust me, I'll be back in the next couple of minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, 24th podcast. By the way, I got another ad. All right, 24th podcast. Yeah. What's wrong with me today? What, Jesus Christ. I'd, I really had to go to the bathroom the last God knows how long. For like, the last couple of hours, man. I don't know. Like, that two-hour mark, like, all this water started to come out of nowhere. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Continuing forward with the locations where Je- Des Bryant could go to where they need a number one wide receiver, essentially. Or number two. Um, I mentioned the Jets. The Jets, question mark, Denzel Mims, da-da-da-da-da. Again, a veteran wide receiver. Dez isn't necessarily a veteran wide receiver in the sense of, like, leadership. He's more along the lines of he knows what he's doing. He's accustomed to the league. Don't really have to, like, brief him and stuff like that on what he's got to do to prepare. He knows what he's got to do to prepare on a weekend, week-out basis. It's just he's got to go to a team that's that's probably going to um, to have to deal with him And I would like him to specifically go to a team With a bunch of leadership But we'll see what happens specifically with Dez With the Jets And the, and the Jets, they should really be looking for Dez Now, if I'm the Jets And I want a wide receiver Here's what I'm probably going to do I'm going to offer Jamal Adams up in a trade all right? Hold on. I'm gonna offer up Jamal Adams in a trade. All right? <clears throat> and I want teams to take the bait. In the sense of defensive minded head coaches. Cause defensive minded head coaches, they salivate whenever they see Jamal Adams, right? So I'm gonna be crafty. I'm gonna put it out there with some of these guys. I'll be like, hey much more Adams. Give up that give up that wide receiver. You know that wide receiver doesn't matter. You no, know, that wide receiver he, he's a second or third guy, you know, don't he doesn't matter. Right. I'm going to be looking at um this is a team has a lot of wide receivers needs a safety. Can't really think of not One doesn't really come to mind But I do have to admit that If you package Jamal Adams Up and you say hey give me this Wide receiver give me this number two And like a first rounder Or give me this number two And like a first And a fifth Or whatever right or a second Rounder second or A second and a third rounder right in Alternating years and we'll give you, and another player, and like a wide receiver, and we'll give you Jamal Adams. I feel like a lot of teams would bite, especially defensive-minded dudes. And they'd be like, yeah, let's, let's go out and get Jamal. And then what you do with those picks is that you leverage them, right? You say to yourself, okay, we got rid of Jamal, so we got rid of a big contract, so that means that probably next year or the year after, we'll, they'll probably weigh Sam Donald's fifth-year option, so they'll say in his fifth year We'll sign him to a big budget deal And a big budget contract And then we'll just Like go uh, go away from that Right But when you sign Jamal You kind of take away all this leverage All this negotiation You're not signed Jamal But when you sign him Oh my god I'm getting confused I'm tired Sorry But when you sign Jamal Adams It becomes really, really hard to pay Sam Darnold and a lot of other players, depending on who you got. I think the Jets' salary cap is disgustingly, like, filled up. It's like all of their—they have, like, all of their money tied in resources. I'm like, huh? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But Jamal Adams could be the piece that the Jets need to figure out this whole puzzle in offense— We'll see, we'll see And I know that the Jets have said already That we're not going to trade away Jamal Adams And we're going to keep Jamal Adams And Jamal Adams, he's not going to go anywhere He's going to be a Jet for life We want him, Th- then sign him Sign him, you said to him that he wants money That he that you, that you you were going to give him his money Then give him his damn money Give him his damn money What's wrong with you? That's the reason why There's like a Jamal Adams story Every other minute Give him his damn money I don't know We'll see We'll see about Jamal We'll see about the Jets And Des Bryant Moving on Saints Saints Are now In an interesting position I think Dak and the Dallas Cowboys Have one of the best wide receiving cores in the league If not the best Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb All dudes that could have a thousand yards this season Alone The Saints on the other hand Michael Thomas, one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. And Emmanuel Sam, I was about to say Emmanuel Sam, Samuel or Samuel, like he has the same name or he has part of the same name as Devo Samuels. So I was going to say Sam, um, um, Samuel, or I, I, I don't know. I think his name is Emmanuel Sanders. There you go. I got tongue tied. I got confused. But Emmanuel Sanders is now a Saint as well I don't know who your second guy is But it's probably not Dez Bryant Because of that um, Maybe you should start looking around for a number two guy I don't think they got anybody in the draft I would have known It's like wow the Saints got a wide receiver To pair with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders The fact that they didn't they're, they're probably pretty confident in their ability At wide out or wide receiver in general. So, like, and hey, we'll just keep what we got. But if your guy, Des Bryant, I'm trying to think, like, he's been out of the league for like three years, technically. Like, he's been on a team. But would he, like, I think the question is, like, would he essentially. Would he go back to the Saints? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But would they need him? Oh, yeah, 1,000%. 1,000%. They need a number two guy to complete that wide receiving core. And, again, it's that concept that I was talking about with the Panthers where I said, listen... Like, the Panthers, if they're going to have a quarterback that just, like, throws the ball and expects dudes to turn up the football field and make a play, like, Dez is kind of that dude, you know? Like, it just is. It just is. Moving off of the Saints to the Lions. The Lions, I think they have Kenny Galladay now. Kenny Galladay... Great wide receiver For them of course Kenny Kenny, uh, Kenny Galladay Geronimo Allison Formerly of the Packers Kenny uh, Oh my god I, I'm getting tongue tied here Kenny Galladay Has 65 receptions 1,190 yards 11 touchdowns In I think his Third or fourth season In the NFL Third season in the NFL This dude is balling This dude is balling. Last two seasons Has had 2,000 yard seasons And his production ladies and gentlemen Has only gone up from there Only gone up Started with In his rookie season in 2017 28 receptions 477 yards 3 touchdowns All the way up to over 1,000 yards 65 receptions 11 touchdowns Without Matthew Stafford it reminds me of like Calvin Johnson All over again where Calvin Johnson Was getting thrown footballs by scrubs And he had nobody <coughs> He had nobody great Until Matthew Stafford came along And then he and then, um, and then it was just like Matthew Stafford really couldn't elevate the team from there Even though he had one of the best wide receivers of all time And Megatron I can't believe somebody was named Megatron That's awesome But yes, Megatron, one of the best Kenny Galladay, he's a great one Geronimo Allison, do you need a third wide receiver? Yeah, because your offense sucked last year Paired with your defense Your defense was terrible And guess what you have the opportunity to do this year You got the opportunity You finally, so Detroit, this is why I'm pissed off at Detroit Because they got so many players now They got so many players, and you know what? They're probably not going to make the playoffs. They got Matthew Stafford. They got two guys, maybe three, depending on if they want to sign Des Bryant. They got a a great running back in DeAndre Swift. They got, um, what else did they get? They got a first-round draft pick tight end in TJ Hollister. Okay, not TJ Hollister. Well, TJ Hawkinson. I think that's what his name is. right, it's Hawkinson. What's going on? Okay. TJ Hawkinson who I can't even look up on Google his numbers because they don't like Google is like this guy is so insignificant we're not going to have his numbers on our page right he caught 54% of passes he was targeted 59 he was targeted 59 times he caught 32 balls Houston we have a problem that's about 300 yards of production right there just pfft, gone like how would you like it? Maybe not even 300 Because nobody catches 100% Let's just add on another 5% That's another 60 to 70 yards Right Right there Maybe not 60 to 70 But like 5 or 6 more catches And if he's not this dynamic playmaker Then why would you draft him In the first round at number 8 Why would you do that if he's not a playmaker, then why would you draft him number at number eight? doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? Not, nothing that Detroit does ever makes sense to me. So why would I be surprised that something that doesn't make sense, that they, uh, them drafting TJ Hawkinson at number eight doesn't make sense? They're like, you know what? It doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. We'll just draft him anyways. We won't get a running back. We won't get a wide receiver. We won't get an uh, offensive lineman. We won't get a defensive player. We'll just get a tight end for no apparent reason, even though we probably need a wide receiver. That doesn't matter at all. Okay, fine. We'll just do that. But yes, they need another wide receiver Having three wide receivers Isn't a bad thing And having three good Wide receivers Isn't a bad thing at all If your quarterback is able to distribute the football Meaning that they're able to throw it to different people At different times, different places like That's essentially what Dak Prescott does That's why Tom Brady is so damn great Because he can rely on Julian Edelman And Rob Gronkowski And also throw touchdown passes to Chris Hogan And Danny Amendola Lions need a wide receiver. This name is kind of surprising. Texans. Right? Texans. It's like, what's what's going on with the Texans? It's like, oh my God, Texans, like you would think that the Texans wouldn't need a wide receiver, right? Because they got, you know, they signed so many wide receivers this offseason. They signed Randall Cobb and they got Brandon Cooks. And they got Will Fuller. And Will Fuller is gonna be their number one guy. You know, Dallas did something like that very, very similarly a couple of years ago. Dallas is like, you know what? Let's have a wide receiver by committee approach. Let's have a quote unquote Dak friendly offense. What the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. Ask Jerry because he keeps on saying that, and nothing that he's done when he said that worked. Like, he's like, we're going to get Dak, Deontay Thompson, and freaking Tavon Austin, and those are going to be his number one receivers. Do you want to know where Deontay Thompson is? Do you want to know which team he's playing on? As far as I know, he's out of the league. Tavon Austin. Is trying to find a team Let me just check He is out of the league Tavon Austin I know for a fact Is out of the league Let me check Yes he is Like These are dudes That Dallas was like We'll get him And we'll have them be great And da 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 It's like, nope, doesn't work that way, right? We'll have two fast burner guys, and they'll just run up the field, and it's like, nope, nope, not in the NFL. Doesn't work that way. Got to have somebody who can run routes. That's why they got Amari Cooper. That's why they went and got Michael Gallup. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. And now, what team was I talking about? The Texans, they're like, well, we'll have a wide receiver by by committee as well. We'll have Randall Cobb, and we'll have Brandon Cooks, and we'll just go ahead and do that. It's like, or, or, because more likely than not, Will Fuller will be injured. How how many games did Will Fuller play last year? How many did he play? I I think he missed three games, right? But he also missed a playoff game, too. No, he missed two games. No, 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 that's his number, 15 He missed 5 games last season 5 And you can bet your ass That in some of those 11 games He was hurt And do you want, oh my god What is Houston doing? Let me take off my glasses I can't believe what I just saw What is Houston doing? What are they doing? Why? I, I know this happened months ago. Why did you trade DeAndre Hopkins? Why? Why did you do that? Why did you trade him away? Why? did you, did you even did you even check Will Fuller's numbers before you traded away, DeAndre Hopkins, Man, come on, man. y'all must be tripping. Ah, uh, oh my God. Ah, uh, God! I, 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 ah, I, uh, God! I'm, I, let me, let me look up Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, you better have better numbers than Will Fuller. Kenny Stills has five hundred and sixty-one yards. The dude looks like he's in his early twenties. He's, he's twenty-eight years old. Jesus Christ, Kenny Stills. Has never had a thousand yard season. And he played 13 games in Houston. And he had fucking how many yards? He had 561. He got a lot of footballs. He caught 70%. His targets were 55. Receptions were 40. So that means he has to catch 80 footballs. To freaking... Get a hundred get get a thousand yards, man. That's ridiculous. Yards per target were ten. What? Oh my God. Ugh Man. So I was going on a tangent of why did the Houston Texans trade away DeAndre Hopkins? Because apparently they believe that Wolf Fuller could be their number one rece- uh, receiver, and this is the writing on the wall. This is the issue that I saw with Dallas a couple of years ago. Because they were because essentially, one of the main and most important things about wide receivers is production. Right. Let me let me break down to you like that. Production, 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 production. Right. If you don't have a lot of production. Even if you're a fast guy, that's that that means that you're a unreliable receiver. So that means that the quarterback has to go somewhere else to throw the football. And if they have to go somewhere else, and guess what? You're probably not a number one wide receiver because you can't separate that frequently. You're probably you probably should be the number two, maybe potentially the number three guy, right? So <clears throat> in the Texans' case, when you have Brandon Cooks, and who else do they got? They they got a uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's a pretty like. He's a pretty like reliable receiver. At least he was for my team for the Dallas Cowboys. But Randall Cobb has like not even Randall Cobb, but Randall. I mean, before he came to Dallas, he was injury prone. But Houston, they don't, they don't, they don't have a number one wide receiver, man. Like Randall Cobb may be it, but it, it may just be like on this specific play on this specific down, on this specific drive, we're going to go to Will Fuller, then Randall Cobb, then Brandon Cooks, and like, even Brady, when he was operating like that, he always had Edelman or Gronk, or a combination of the two. But it's like, Will Fuller missed five games last season and had 670 yards. And three touchdowns. This is the guy This is the guy That you want to hedge your bets on No not one of the best wide receivers In the league This guy Really Really Bill You're going to put your team at risk You're going to put your job at risk For a dude that's injury prone And who catches 49 balls a season Not my job to lose. Oh, man. Texans need a number one wideout. Bengals. This should be pretty self-explanatory. They got nobody besides T. Higgins and A.J. Green. And A.J. Green wants out. So you want to know what's going to happen? A.J. Green, excuse me, is probably going to get out. Bengals, they need a number one wide receiver. Joe Burrow, I think, would be depending on Des Bryant's play style, but I think he could be a good wide receiver for Joe. Joe doesn't have necessarily the biggest of arms, but if Joe, for example, learns learns how to throw that back shoulder fade, I, I think the back shoulder fade is one of like the least important throws that a quarterback needs to make. I think throwing a go ball, I think, like, throwing contested footballs, as a quarterback, you have to throw the football so perfectly that it's, like, it's ridiculous. It's, like, not so perfectly, but perfectly. The wide receiver has to adjust to it, and even then, it's a 50-50 ball. Like, it's a lot of work for very little reward. Unless it's, like, in the red zone, and things of that nature, then yeah, it can be a little bit more worthwhile, but for the most part, it is something that I feel like shouldn't shouldn't be used as consistently as it was with the 2014 Dallas Cowboys, which I know a lot of people were like, I don't understand why Dak isn't throwing the back shoulder fade, and it's because it's not that good of a throw. Like, you look at Tom. You look at Drew. Are they throwing back shoulder fades? No, they aren't. Like, it's it's one of those footballs where it's like you hope never to throw it, but sometimes you you have to throw it. Maybe not even have to throw it. It's it's just if I could never throw a back shoulder fade, I would. I'd rather throw a go ball. Like, what's the benefit of throwing the back shoulder fade over throwing a go ball? Like a go ball, as long as the receiver is tracking it, and if it's over a shoulder, way easier, way easier to throw and catch. A step, especially if he has a step on a dude. If he it's over with. He could take it to the house. He could easily. uh, He could easily like it. Like a go ball won't be contested. A back shoulder fade will be contested. I get it. If we're talking about in the red zone, then yeah, you need to like, you need to have a a different palette. Not, I mean, not a different palette, but a different set of weapons in your arsenal. For the most part, go balls are way more important to throw and to be accurate with than the back shoulder fade. Not that big of a fan of it. I don't know why I started to talk about the back shoulder fade. Um, who was I talking? Oh yeah, the Bengals. Oh yeah, I was talking about how Joe Burrow doesn't necessarily throw the best deep balls. But it's like, yeah, if 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 Des can still th- not throw, but like catch deep balls the way that he was catching them in 2014, then yeah, maybe not even like the way that he was catching them in 2014. But because he really doesn't need to throw the ball. That amount of times, not not amount. Of, not, oh my god, not that amount of times. But he doesn't need to throw the ball to him a lot, and you can switch up how Des plays and stuff like that. But for the most part, like I would like the move if the Bengals got Des Bryant. I like it specifically for Joe Burrow. Final thing, final team that I'll talk about is the Jags. Jags. Almost as self-explanatory as the Bengals, where they don't have a wide receiver and they need a wide receiver. So Des Bryant, you can go out and get one. Who did they draft? Again, who did they draft? They must have gotten somebody good, you know, because I mean this this was a loaded wide receiver's draft. Must have gotten somebody, you know, good enough for that football team, for Gardner Minshew, you know, somebody to help out help out the football team, help out Gardner Minshew, you know, help out with evaluating this young player. So in the first round, oh, they got LaVisca Shinelot. Oh, okay. It's a pretty good draft pick. Pick up, pretty good pickup for the second round. And then they get another guy, Colin Johnson, in the fifth round. Yeah, fifth round. And that's it. I think they have Chris Conley and somebody else, but in reality, if I don't know who your wide receivers are, they're probably not very good. I know who Chris Conley was and is because of what he did on hard knocks. We'll see. We'll see about Chris Conley. We'll see about whoever they drafted. Uh, Not whoever they drafted, but the other guy who they had on the team. I would get him. I would get him. Just try him out. Call him up and say, hey, Dez, you want a job? You want to try out? We got training camp coming up in the next couple weeks. We could use a wide receiver. I think the reason why people, why he's not signed right now is because people can't do evaluations on his health right now. He's not signed because people are like, well, we probably want to sign Dez Bryant, but we can't because we don't know the health of Dez Bryant. So that's probably why they're like, yeah, we can't, we can't sign him yet because we don't necessarily know how healthy he is and stuff like that. I don't know if you've been, you know, keeping count. But that is 11 teams, and I know it's been really, really hard to keep count, but that is 11 teams that I had that probably could use a Des Bryant, probably could use another um, wide receiver, another one, by the way. And that is about a third of the league. Starting to get a little bit brighter here today. Brighter outside, Jesus Christ I'm getting very, very tired I think <clears throat> I think that'll do it to you When you've been talking for the last three hours um, Is Dak Prescott Signed Has he signed his His um, His contract his, his franchise tag No He has not wouldn't it be interesting if everybody, including myself, have been talking all day long about Dak signing this contract, and he doesn't? He doesn't sign the contract. He doesn't sign the franchise tag. I think that would be hilarious. Oh my god! As I take a swig of my water, final thing I'll play and I'll look at today is um, Rich Eisen was talking to Mike Florio. Ugh. Ugh. Mike Florio today. I kind of want to see what he's got to say. Maybe not Mike Florio. It's more Rich Eisen. Because I like Rich Eisen. As I. Where is it? I had it somewhere. I had it. I had it. I don't have it. I think I did something to the tab or whatever. I think I'm going to take a short little break. Excuse me. Let me find it. His show sometimes is a little bit weird. Like sometimes he doesn't post stuff. Here it is. Okay, good. He did post it. Let me see what he has to say about potentially um, Dak Prescott signing the contract. So this is Mike Florio on the Rich Eisen. So we'll see. We'll see. So is Dak going to put his signature on that uh, that piece of paper today? Yeah, it sure sounds that way. And it's kind of a surprise because he had been so dug in. And the impression that we've gotten is he wants his long-term contract by July 15. And if they don't give it to him... He's potentially going to stay away from training camp and preseason, but the bottom line is quarterbacks got to be ready to go. And in his mind, this is a contract year, just like last year was. Last year was a contract year for two million. This year's a contract year for 31.4 million, but it's still a contract year, and he needs to have a good year. He's got a new coach. He's got a new approach. He's got a new everything that he's got to get up to speed with. Now a lot of same teammates, obviously same offensive coordinator, but no, he needs no, no, to be no, ready. No. To go. All right, this is where I'm going to have to stop him. Um, not everything in this. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> 40 seconds in and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't listen to this guy. So, um, no, he's not had a new everything. The Dallas Cowboys have been pretty, like, consistent on saying that, like, even Mike McCarthy has said, like, I'm going to have, like, I'm going to essentially adjust to the new offense. The, new, the, the team will not have to adjust to a new offense, right? So, already he's wrong. But what the Dallas Cowboys are planning on doing is Kellen Moore is still the exact same coordinator, and that's why he's, like, that's why he is still hired. Kellen Moore is still here. Um, Dak Prescott is still here. They brought in another guy. Not Dak Prescott. Uh, they brought in. They didn't bring in anyone. They had the Titans coach, which for some weird reason is the head, not the head coach, but the quarterback's coach for the, for the team. Like they're not switching up everything. Everything has not changed. I don't understand why he goes to that extreme. Let me try and find a clip where... You know, I'm, I'm done listening to this. Like, everything has not changed. But I thought I could actually get... in it, Like, actual interesting information and... I got nothing. <laughs> like, I got nothing. So, because I got nothing, that is unfortunately going to be the end of the podcast, because it's, I've already talked about everything that I've wanted to talk about for the last three-plus hours. I Now my freaking stuff won't play. God damn it! Are you kidding me? Hold on. Where is it? I have to slam on my mouse or on my freaking keyboard like 80 million times. It's like, can you play? Oh my god, hold on. Sorry about that. This is the part that I wanted to play. I ain't got no more money. I on me,
1: honey.
0: Sorry for it just appearing out of nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast anywhere where you can find podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Great Breaker, excuse me, Overcast, podcast and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a f- awesome music. Jesus Christ. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Dak Prescott signs his franchise tag. I really, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I know I've been talking for like the last three hours. But I would really, really like <laughs> I, I think it would be hilarious if he doesn't sign the franchise tag and everybody today... Was talking about the, who, who, who who was like the original source that was like, Dak is going to sign the franchise tag. Who was it? I think it was Jane Slater. I think she like quote tweeted somebody. Hold on. Hold on. Yep, yep. It, it kind of was Jane Slater, but kind of ESPN reported as well. I have no idea who reported it on ESPN. But, um, yeah, it was Jane Slater. Like, one of the first people to break the information was Jane. I'm like, it, wouldn't it be just funny if if just, like, he doesn't sign it? I just think it would be because usually it's like players would sign it like at noon or before noon or something like that. Man, that would be hilarious! Oh my god! You know what? Just for laughs, I hope he doesn't sign it. I hope he, I hope they get the information wrong and they're like, yeah, he, yeah, he's supposed to sign it today, and then he doesn't sign it. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious! <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast. We I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.